Hello listeners, I don't believe on this episode this was stated so I wanted to put this quick disclaimer in here that this episode is going to have spoilers for the movies being covered. Now to get you to your regular scheduled broadcast. Good evening ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. SideQuest. The Shango Ceremony. Your death was that of a warrior who died for Shungo. African black magic so powerful, the soul of the dead can live again through sacrifice. Have you nothing to give you? Sister? Nothing to give you? Nothing to give you? Lord Shungo, the shock, the sacrifice. The blood. I got no mind to entertain murderers in my home. It was an accident. My Lord is calling. There's always a struggle when a restless soul tries to enter a body not yet born. between gospel glory and Shango sacrifice. I could go back to Shango. I went once before. Lord Shango is death and life. Lord Shango from Bryanston Pictures. Lord Shango. A devil of a movie. Do you think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum? But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating. Sidequest. Doing some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. I'm sick for fucks using one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! Sidequest. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Okay. Show me. SideQuest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. SideQuest. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode number 15 of SideQuest Podcast. I am one half of your hosting team here, of David Garrett Jr. from Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast. As always, I'm being joined by... Hey, it's your main man, Jake, from Doug Mariachi Studios, and I'm here on behalf of Guitar Case Full of Reviews Podcast. Perfect. And for this episode here, we were kind of chatting at the end of our last recording, and... I usually kind of, if I can, like to have, you know, sort of theme, especially with whatever month we're doing. And since February is, you know, Black History Month, I had thrown out since Jake is actually like my resident expert when I'm trying to find black exploitation films. So we decided to actually check out one here, which is going to be 1975's Lord Shango. So I guess before we actually start jumping into the movie, um, kind of just check in since we really hadn't recorded for about a month or so as uh, how's everything been going? Oh, man, going pretty good. Uh, same old, same old on my side down here. Um, 
you know, we're dealing with, uh, we did have a weird ice storm and everybody freaked out because we thought it was going to be like it was last year. <laughs> it only lasted right. for like, it wasn't nearly as bad, but it was pretty bad for one day. And then okay. the next day it was, it wasn't as bad, but of course nobody wanted to go anywhere because we were expecting the lights right. to go out. <laughs> so, That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't as bad as it was last time, but, uh, yeah, but everybody freaked out for a little bit. So that was one thing kind of crazy in the city, but. We did. I got paid for it in my job, so for not having to go, because so they shut down my that's job. That's perfect. So that was pretty cool <laughs> for me. But um, <laughs> but yeah. Besides that, um, just working on short film stuff and shooting videos and all that stuff on my other on my other uh, Dark Mariachi Studio side. Uh, that's all I perfect. really got going. Nothing else too uh, big going. What you got going up north, man? Huh? Probably about the same. It's actually funny that ice storm you were talking about is my job because we do a lot of like shipping logistics as like a major part of what I have to do is we were, you know, preparing because we had a lot of our plants and stuff shut down because of certain areas getting hit harder than other ones. Now, like, I mean, here in Columbus, we got hit fairly badly. We got a lot of snow here for it. And what made it tough is that we had ice first. So then it's hard for, you know, like salt trucks up here to kind of clear all that away because as they scrape the snow, it kind of Zamboni affects it. So like none of my stuff actually got too much affected because I actually ship out of Atlanta. So all of my areas stayed fairly warm. So it would just made it difficult for me if I was trying to ship anywhere outside of those. But I mean, for me, I've been just, you know, watching a ton of stuff and, you know, just trying to keep pumping out those reviews and everything like that. Oh yeah. I know you're always on it, man. Cause I follow you on <laughs> social media. So I see a lot of your uh, posts, daily posts, pretty much. <laughs> I can't remember a day you haven't posted. <laughs> I can't. I'm trying to think back right now. If I ever remember a day, day, maybe when your wedding. I think you even posted on the day before your wedding and your wedding. Uh, I, I tried to. I think I, I did, feel like you did. Yeah, probably the only time. Because I was like, why you got posted on my honeymoon? Because I don't think I had very good internet connection. Yeah, but I feel like either the day before or right after you were right back on it. So that's that's how you know this guy's yeah, a beast. Just, even <laughs> even the wedding, he was probably still thinking about a movie he had to <laughs> check out. That's fair. But okay, man, so you want to, because I had, you know, I had some notes about this. You want to jump in any of those before we get too far into it? Um, Let me go ahead and introduce it, and then we can get into some of those, and we'll um, then we'll jump into the movie from there. So this movie is directed by Ray Marsh. The screenplay was written by Paul Carter Harrison. This stars Marlene Clark, which is actually a major reason why we decided to cover this movie here. And this also features Lawrence Cook and Wally Taylor, and this is a drama horror film that is from the United States. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and jump into some of the notes that you had, because we were talking about it pregame, and some of the stuff is actually quite interesting. Now, uh, one thing I want to talk before we get uh, into some of those notes I had, uh, how familiar are you with any of these people in the cast? Were you familiar with, I mean, besides uh, Marlon Clark, were you familiar with anybody else? Um, I think she was the only one. Now, as we were talking in pregame, Ethel Ayler was the uh, gray-haired lady who is Grandmere in um, Eve's Bayou, which I had watched that movie last year. So I did actually, after you said something, recognize her. Some of the names sound familiar, but I don't recognize them offhand. Yeah, see, I recognized her right away because I've seen her. She was in the Cosby show also. So I remember her. for. She's always looked the same with gray hair. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Even, like, later in life. And uh, I knew... um, Wally Taylor, Memphis. I knew him oddly enough because if you've ever seen Rocky Three, he's yes. Clever Lang's trainer. 
Okay. I think he just has a mustache, so it makes him look a little different. But that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I remember it. I was like, wait a minute. I think he was like the Rocky, uh, somebody's trainer in Rocky. Hold on. So I went back and looked. I was that's that same guy. And then okay. uh, <laughs> that Lawrence Cook guy, the dude that plays Jabo. Oddly enough, I knew him from a western from the '90s called Posse, and it's a all black western. Well, not oh, all black because okay. uh, Stephen Baldwin's in it, but it, and <laughs> but it's a, a black enough. based western, a black western. And uh, okay. but he plays like one of the, the characters in that, but he's like older in that. But I still yeah. recognize his face. He has the same face. So, so yeah, I knew him. But I just want to know if you knew any of those characters from uh, anything else. Okay. Because this because a lot of times these characters come back in movies, and some of them never yes. really act again either. I, I saw like the uh, who was it? I think it was either the Reverend or, or the other Deacon. Like they were only in this movie. So it's okay. like some people, this is the only thing they ever ever do. Like one movie and they're done. I was going to say, that's what I run into a lot of times when, because I'll try to sometimes either use the director or like some of the cast when I'm trying to like do my episodes in February. And it's tough because like, you're right, is they'll either only have like one horror movie that was, or just have one movie in general. So I'm like, well, dang, this became a dead end here because I was kind of hoping to parlay this into being like, oh, this is going to be an easy one because I'll just go ahead and yeah, just right? shift over to this but, movie um, now. And also, you know what? Um, Marlene Clark's the only one I really... You can really probably do that and get a lot of different movies because she's been in a lot. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of weird to me that this was after Ganja and Hiss because it felt yeah, I, like it could be before I that. didn't realize it. I guess, I mean, I have looked at her like filmography in like chronological. I guess I didn't even put it together that this is after that movie. Yeah, this is a little bit, a couple years after, I believe, when I looked it up. Um, so let, let's get into some of the stuff I was talking about. Uh, with the background of the movie. So this movie um, is the religion that's shown is called Yoruba. And it's uh, from the people of Nigeria. Uh, it's, it's the people that uh, practice it primarily. But there, but it does has spread to different parts of uh, the world, of course. But um, okay. anyways, uh, when they set this up, they actually met a guy. And I'm going to call him King Oba. But he has a really long name. I don't want to say it wrong. So his first part of his name is Oba. So I'm going to call him King Oba. He was an African king that, for whatever reason, found himself in South Carolina and brought his wives and some of his followers and set up his own settlement very similar uh, to the one you see in this movie. <laughs> so think about that. Now, <laughs> now, I guess in the 70s, it probably wouldn't have been that weird, maybe. I don't know. Well, we had, yeah, coats. And, they would probably thought he was a coat, having a coat or something, maybe. I don't know. What people would have well, I thought. mean, I guess if you actually think about it, though, it's not that much dissimilar. I mean, it's later, but, like, it's not that much different from, like, how there's, like, Chinatown or, like, Little Greek or, like, Little Italy. Oh, Is yeah. that you tended to, like, move to areas where you have, like, the same people, like, that are from your same culture. Oh, just yeah. Just because it's kind of easy to, like, like kind of get acclimated to, you know, like, moving over here. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I guess it's just... be. You have a point, though, is like how much later than <laughs> a lot of these type of things kind of sprung up. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because like the way you said that, yeah, it makes sense because he probably got there and like told him, hey, everything's good here. Y'all can come. This is a good place to come. <laughs> and more people right. will come, you know, because here where I live in, it's like that actually thinking about it, because in mm -hmm. Dallas is kind of a big melting pot of different you know cultures and stuff. So there's okay. a lot of parts of town where it's primarily stores of a certain uh, race or something so it's kind of okay. kind of weird like where i live at there's a lot of hispanic stores not not just yeah. like from mexico but it's like uh salvador honduras like 
there's stores for like all these oh. specific for those different you know uh, countries. So okay, but it's like really so. So when you said that, I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You would set up your own kind of town and kind of set up stores that would service the people that you would be you know that would want to come in. So <laughs> yeah. exactly. But anyways, King Oba. <laughs> let's get back to King Oba here, guys. All right, everybody listening at home as well. Let's get back to King Oba. So um, <laughs> he was the technical consultant on the movie. And he's the one that actually uh, helped him set up to make sure all the uh, the ceremonies were performed, allegedly performed correctly, and that all the rituals, all that stuff. So all this stuff is allegedly authentic. So when you're watching this movie, you're seeing what this religion, quote unquote, does. <laughs> so something interesting, they recreated his society in Tennessee, a small town called Friendship. They recreated it and... <laughs> They had his people come in and like make sure that everything was to spec pretty much, you know, that, you know, they had, and then yeah. they kind of filled in in the movie as well as extras to help keep it authentic. And so when you see him like doing the chants and stuff, like I, after I read that, I, it was after I watched it. So after I read that, I was like, I was wondering, like, this sound really authentic, the chants they're doing. I don't know what language it is, but <laughs> I felt like, yeah. what did you think? Did you think it sounded? Because remember we did the I Devil's did. Reign and we were talking about the authenticity of that one. As far as right. uh, that religion, so I mean, this felt right. I don't know. I don't know what right was though, but <laughs> say it felt right. No, I mean, I'm with you. Is like, because I, I because I don't know enough about it to say like as you were saying though is like how realistic it is. But for me, as like a viewer who has no idea, I'm like, I'm with you. Is that it feels very authentic what they're doing, and I mean like. I, I was actually quite impressed by that, actually, to be honest. Yeah, me too, that they actually did it. <laughs> but I guess, I feel like in the 70s, right. maybe there was a lot more freedom to do some of this kind of crazier stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Because it was more experimental, maybe. I don't know. I don't, it feels I, like I was going to say, because, I mean, there's a lot of weird movies that came out, and I feel like a lot of that is because of kind of all the counterculture stuff that you had back then, where I'm not too shocked to see that... I mean, I wouldn't be, I mean, clearly this was like a area in South Carolina where they're actually doing this. So like I could see that you would have like isolated areas like this, especially, I mean, I feel like before the internet and everything, you could have something like this going on and not even realize it unless you kind of happened upon it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it really almost gives me like a... uh... Children of the Corn Five or something like you just pass yeah. through a town and all of a sudden it's like, oh, what did I just go? Through? Where am I at? Right. <laughs> but I guess that's why I like those old school road movies too, because you never know what kind of town you're gonna enter. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But okay, no, I'm uh, with you. Well, let me, let me jump back into this guy. So, so in this town yeah. also, um, they let them use the high school, Friendship, Tennessee. Uh, they let them use the high school as a soundstage, so they were able to build uh, Jenny's apartment. And some, it was another set they built on there. I think it's both of the rooms, maybe, is what they used okay. the uh, gymnasium for. And then they yeah. uh, found an abandoned store in the neighborhood and uh, used that for the club bar that we go to in a couple scenes. And uh, on, a, on a positive note, after the filming was complete, uh, they renovated that club scene and made it into a recreational center for the children of the neighborhood. So giving back to I the community. I think it's great they did that. Yes, right. Yes, giving back to the community. Because a lot of times, I'm sure films go in and do what they do and get out. But for them to think like, hey, you know, let's give them, let's give them something for, you know, interrupting their life for a little bit. 
you know what? I think a lot of that too is this being like a lower budget movie. Is that like a lot of this stuff? I'm assuming was done on like goodwill with the like town and everything like that. So like, I think you're more likely when you're working with like a lower budget to kind of give back and to make sure that you don't like destroy things unless like you've already agreed upon it or like you absolutely have to. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, a little bit more of a. Um... A good agreement there where a little give and take. Yeah. Because I feel like probably right. the, the city was probably helping them wherever they needed help as well. So, yeah, that's probably something. Right. Like, I wonder, it'd be cool if, like, somebody had just talked about wishing they had that and they just made it or something. That would be, I don't get that detail <laughs> in the story, but that would have been a cool, right. if somebody had just said something about that, somewhere for the kids to go, and then at the end they just made it. That would have been, <laughs> just like a, to make the story more of a movie, <laughs> yeah, add that I, detail to it. it but, um, it would have added another element. But they actually thank that town in the credits. Uh, so they really did appreciate uh, everything they did for the production. Right. Okay, so um, also um, one more thing, because you mentioned it earlier. You mentioned it in our pregame. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Marlene Clark's impression of King Oba. Remember yes. you were talking about that? <laughs> yeah, like his... Jake and I in our pregame were talking, and I didn't realize that he was actually a king. But we were talking, and because what I had found is like an interview with her. I think this was in the early two thousands, and she had thought that this guy was a pimp because of just kind of how he was like dressed and having like f- these five wives and everything like that. He just, I guess, she just assumed that they were like prostitutes, and that he was an ex pimp, and that. Being having this religion and everything, she had said was like instead of you know being that, you just you know trade up to better robes and everything like that, which I thought was kind of funny. I think it's interesting because yes, he would have all the gold, all the uh, gaudy probably uh, clothing and everything because he's a king. But also, if you think right? about seventies movies where you see pimps portrayed, what do they look like? <laughs> they Very have flashy, all the yeah. flashy gaudy stuff. So she would. I, I could imagine why she would think that. I mean, I could imagine. Yeah, I can understand it. Because <laughs> here, I'm sure that wouldn't be something that would be common here at that time to know about. Oh, probably not. You know, different. Especially not in like that area. Yeah, not different. You know, cultures and different countries. What they we wouldn't know. Now we can just look it up, but back then we wouldn't know offhand <laughs> anything about that. So we're like, of course That's these, true. are, these are uh, prostitutes. <laughs> but okay uh one more thing before we um uh, jump into the movie i did want to get into and it's something that uh remember i told you i don't know if there was in the pregame i brought this up about uh watching a couple reviews from people who said they practice this religion so Uh, you remember i think we talked about that briefly i think it was pregame yeah i was trying to think of when that was i think that was pregame okay so uh and watching that there was something that i've heard in my life and they both brought it up in their reviews. So, okay. and I think it's a African ancestral ancestral thing where okay. they say that the way that the religion was before the slaves came to America or whatever was more like yes. following your ancestors. And then when somebody dies in front of you, they become mm-hmm. like a guide to you. And you can call upon, like anybody in your family dies. You can call upon them to give you guidance, to give you answers, protection, but you have to call upon your ancestors that have died before you because they can see what you can't see. And that that's like okay. a that's kind of like a, a paraphrasing of what they were kind of talking about. Yeah. And they were talking about how this movie that that was their theory is that because he died before 
uh, he died that he was like that, like a guide for her, not a whatever. Because I never knew what he was. So I don't know if I believe that totally, but that was their viewing it, of it. And I don't know. It could that be. That makes sense. So I can see that. Like a spirit guide or something? I don't know. Yeah. But but I've heard of people saying that, like, just just in my life, I've heard people say that, you know, you got to learn to follow your ancestors. You got to believe in your ancestors. You got to. So I've heard that before, and I never really understood what they were trying to say, I guess, because I never really dug that deep into it. But now thinking about it, it makes sense listening to the people break it down. So, and that may be just something that, like, just being a a black person in America, it might be something that may be something that I've heard. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody say that or not. And I'm talking about just like, since I've I've been a kid, I've heard people say that, like, just in uncles or aunts or people, people's, you know, moms or dads or... Whoever, just people I've grown up around. Yeah, because I mean, for me, is that I've always, like, the most we've done with that is that when somebody's passed away, they're always like, oh, you know, they're looking down on you in heaven type thing, and that, like, they're watching over you. So I guess it's kind of a variation on that. We, I don't think we necessarily have gone in, like, the more route of, like, what you were talking about in the very beginning of like where it's like a spirit guide per se, but I mean, I guess it's not that dissimilar, but just kind of what they're able to do is just slightly different, I guess. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I thought that was interesting. That's why I wanted to bring it up before we got started. Cause that's something interesting an interesting thing to, yeah, to no. think about while you're watching it too, about that. Agreed. Like, cause I feel like at some point Jabo says something to that effect. He says a lot of interesting things, kind of not mumbling it, but he kind of, but he says a lot yes. of interesting things, like kind of drunkly. <laughs> and I also feel like the cult leader was like that's what they referred to him in the credits. I think he also says something about that during a scene fairly early on too. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because he has a couple of lines like that. But okay, so we right. can uh, we can go ahead and jump into it now, Lou. I'm ready for it. Okay. Alrighty, so this movie, we start off with actually, like, one of the first things I put in my notes is that even before we see any images outside of the production companies, is that we get these tribal drums that you will hear throughout the movie, Mm -hmm. and I thought this was kind of cool, because then they end up kind of shifting this to show a church from outside, and we can hear the church choir, and they've also synced this up with somebody who's running across a field, but we're not necessarily sure who this person is as of yet, or where they're going, and from there, this congregation comes out of the church and they head down to the river because this church is going to be baptizing, I believe it's just these two women that are going to be the ones kind of getting indoctrinated to being members of this church. Yeah, it's a very interesting scene to start off with. Uh, I've okay. seen it used again in a few movies later. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they saw it here or if it's from something else. I don't even know. But... And I mean specifically with like a heavy drum, even in, I think in other movies I've seen it in, I can't, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, <laughs> but with a heavy right. drum beat, Color Purple is the movie I'm thinking about. And okay. I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen that movie or not. But there's, It's been a long time, yeah. But there's I think a, there's still a similar scene where like somebody's about to do something to somebody and okay. there's also a cut scene between African drums being played really fast and yeah. the person's running trying to get there before it happens or whatever. So I've seen it, okay. and I think a lot of people have seen this movie. Cause that, but that's a great, because you're like, where's this guy going? What's happening? And you see, he's trying, right. and then you realize kind of, as you're seeing the, the, and there's a lot of church members actually <laughs> going to this thing. 
yeah, a pretty there's big a congregation. lot of people in that congregation. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and then he's trying to get to whatever this is to stop it. So my first thought was like, what's going on here? Why does he want to stop it? Agreed, because this is something that normally you would think is like a good thing. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you have this guy running towards him where it's like, why is he running towards this like event? Yeah. And then I, this preacher guy, I don't know yeah. if he's a real preacher or not, but I really like him for some reason. Just because he feels so like an authentic preacher. Yeah. And he's got the the Gomer like I wanna I don't know if you're familiar with Gomer Powell or not. Yeah. <laughs> he's yep. got the Gomer Powell voice. And I don't know if that's this guy's real voice or if that's just ADR. <laughs> I don't know. But because I just he just starts singing and it's like, oh wow, his voice is incredible. Right. <laughs> I just I don't know because I think at this moment, like then he puts his hands up and starts singing or something. Yes. Yep. And I was like, "Wow!" This, this, my first thought was Gomer Pyle because I used to watch that show on reruns when I was a kid, and yeah. this guy was so goofy <laughs> on the show, but had this incredible deep singing voice. And I was like, "Oh my god!" So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, if you haven't seen Gomer <laughs> Pyle, it's a show from a long time ago. Check it yeah. out. You know what I mean. Okay. Sorry about that. No, you're good. And also kind of here, which is something we will see a reoccurring thing of, is we get to, we don't know his name yet, but we actually meet Joe Boo, who is drinking from a bottle of liquor while he's watching this uh, baptism scene that is happening, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. And like I said, we will see this guy quite a bit throughout this movie as well. And he actually tries to stop this guy this, while he's running up. He puts his hands up and tries to stop him, like telling him not to go over there. Yes, he does. Yep. And the guy just kind of pushes him aside and keeps going. So I right. think it's interesting when he gets here. He has a really interesting, and this movie has an interesting conversation, but he starts oh, the conversation in this scene. Because, you know, pretty much they're getting baptized, which means you're accepting Christianity, right? Yep. So I believe so. I think that's the... That's, the, that's what that represents. You're being reborn into a Christian, right? Yeah, and it's that. And you're also being um, accepted into the church as a official member. Yeah. So, so, and we don't really get any... We jump right into this. So we don't know what happened before this to make her want to want to join the church. <laughs> right, because actually it's two women. It's Jenny, who is portrayed by Clark, and then her daughter of Billy are the two that are being baptized here, actually. And um, just, can I, I, I forgot this note, but this one note I saw also, that Billy's actually yep. older than Marlene Clark. Okay, I had one of my biggest age, issues... Yes, one of my biggest issues here is I was like, Billy does not look young enough to be as much younger as she's supposed to be than everybody. So I'm so glad you said that. Because I feel like she's supposed to be a teenager, right? Yes. Like I think so. Like I think she's maybe? supposed to be like 16, 17. Yeah. yeah, around there. But she's not. She looks like she's the same age as her. So I, the whole movie I was thinking that Agreed. <laughs> I was like, but I saw and that she note. doesn't look that much younger than Memphis. <laughs> no. And I'm like. Because <laughs> it's weird. He's like, but she's a kid. And I'm like, well, she's not. She doesn't look like a kid to I was me. like, is she a kid? Yeah, I don't know her age. <laughs> Do we never know? I'm, I don't want to jump off because we just started. I was like, we never even know who her dad is, right? <laughs> no, we don't. Like, Jenny brings up something, but she never kind of divulges too much past that. Okay, let's, but let's not let's not bury the leader because this is an important moment right here. So let's not bury yes, the leader. Yes, it is. You're right because the guy who's been running is Femi, and 
we end up learning here, which is going to be a interesting, as you were saying, conversation this movie is trying to kind of convey here is that Femi is against Christianity and he doesn't want Billy and Jenny to be baptized because he believes that Christianity is the faith of the enslavers and that by being baptized into this, you are, you know, being made slaves and that they're going to try to tame them. And then he actually is attempted to be stopped by two of the deacons here. And it's, I believe, Brother Memphis and Brother Tibbles are the two that actually physically drowned Femi as they, I guess, in a way, tried to baptize him well, here. Well, actually, it was, it, was the other, it was two other guys, and then Memphis runs over okay. to help. So, okay, yeah, that's what it is. Because then was the other two yeah. trying to get him. But I think it's, it's Brother interesting. Brother Davis then. Yeah, but I think it's interesting because I feel like uh, the, does the reverend say it or somebody in the crowd say we need to baptize him or somebody says something to that effect and I'm I thought like, it was the preacher but it's you're right though it's either the preacher or somebody in the crowd because the crowd's like the crowd's like dunk him they're like into it <laughs> I don't know right. it's really weird how into it they are, they are into this um, and we're and really we're watching murder and it's weird we're watching because they're right. they're they're not because when you I've seen a baptism when you dunk them in the water, and I swear you're under there, they're under there for like two seconds, maybe. It's just no, in and out. Literally, yes. And they're just right, holding they, like, him. Take you down and bring you up. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Memphis is the one that's holding him down. I feel like it. I think you might be right. But there. nobody's trying to pull him up either at the same time. <laughs> right. So it's like, what are we? Why are we killing this guy? So I feel like there's a backstory that we don't know, because, and then everybody in the crowd's like just singing and they're while a man is being killed I, I just think that's a very interesting thing that they're showing there and i don't know if that's saying something or not because this movie is kind of artistic and when it came out it would have been not that far past you know a lot of heavy civil rights stuff so i don't know you, do you understand where i'm trying to go with what i'm saying no i think you're right is i think that there's more of a backstory here that the movie doesn't ever kind of flesh out but i wonder i wonder if they're actually trying to say something like watching somebody die and everybody just sings and doesn't nobody reacts to it nobody because he's against because he's against what they're for so nobody cares and i also think that like i'm pretty sure the reverend and the deacons know that like femi is part of this like cult that we'll get into here shortly yes but i think that they know that he they, that he's part of it and i think that's why nobody is trying to stop them from murdering him because they think because he's a pagan that and i mean i think it's a commentary this movie is trying to say here is that like i'm actually curious to see if the director or the writer are like against christianity because it's very interesting how they are vilifying those are the Christian faith in this movie. Yes, I feel like they really are. I mean, I mean, it gets dark on the other side later with some of the stuff they have to do, but I do feel like it's a it's a strong message against the Christian church. <laughs> and but it's but I feel like it's really more about the um, what do you call it, like the blind following? Maybe. Agreed. I yeah, I can see that. And I mean, even when the like cult does some dark things, they don't ever truly like vilify it though either. Like it's almost like. This happened, so we are getting our vengeance, and it's okay. Yeah, it's more like a balancing. <laughs> it feels like. Right. Yeah, they're trying to make balance by doing this to get this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. But uh, 
Okay, Great. so he, this guy's dead, and we jump straight to his funeral or ceremony. Yes. Is this a funeral or some kind of ceremony? I thought it was a funeral because that's what I had it down as. That's what I wrote too, but I, I'm thinking now, okay. like, was this a ceremony or a funeral? <laughs> but what's but I think funeral? it's interesting here is that the two women are at this funeral for Femi, which means that like they just got baptized for this church, but they also know of this like ritual, which I mean, Billy was in love with Femi, so it does make sense. And we actually see this cult has a lot of members in it. Yes. And actually something that I had wrote down here is that they do sacrifice a chicken at this ritual, which this ritual requires a sacrifice for certain things to happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jabu is also at this funeral because he pours what I assume to be booze on Femi's... Uh, body and but that's something that he does uh, I kind of guessing to honor him that's what I thought it was like pouring one out for the homies <laughs> that's what I considered it but later <laughs> but later it. it's done again a couple times so I don't know if it's part of a ritual or not so this first right. part could have been a ritual happening along with the funeral I don't know that's something we're right. never really like given a clear answer on I don't think agreed but I really like I, I really think I like how it looks. I like how it feels because it really feels like a serious ceremony happening. and It does feel authentic, yeah. Yes, and I like, I really like, because this movie is artistic, so I do mm -hmm. like the face changes of the statues and stuff we're going to get to here in a minute. Um, yep. When they're looking at the statues, I do like all that. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. I just think this is a really cool, a really cool start to this movie. Oh, great. Oh, you know what? And, um, We'll, we'll get to it later. Let's keep going. Okay. Um, and then from here is that we actually then shift over to that. This is where we fully realize that Billy is Jenny's daughter and that Jenny is seeing uh, Memphis. And this is where we kind of learn that he's religious much more than what Jenny is. And it does feel like he knew that they went to the funeral, but he kind of seems that he knows to kind of hold his like tongue a bit here. And then this is where Jenny goes off to work as she works at a local bar. Okay. Yeah. And then this, <laughs> this is an interesting place. You know, my first note about this bar. <laughs> What's that? Old man. There's an old man here. Just getting down. <laughs> yes. A little skinny old man. is just, he's in every scene and he's always just dancing. <laughs> that's what's what funny is literally my first note about this was bar scene lol because of that old guy oh yeah like, i what was is like he this guy here? is just living his best life because i guess this is this feels like a this is a weird term to use juke joint i don't know if you're familiar with that that's a color purple thing they say but it feels like i've a heard juke it joint, which is like a like a neighborhood club or something like not an yes, official okay. bar club yeah. but it like Somebody made it. <laughs> Just like it's oddly enough, is I'm pretty sure they use that term in the novel of it mm -hmm. because of that's where in the book there was um, like an all black bar where is the black kid in that movie and like the book and everything his ancestor died there because a tragedy that is associated with it happened. Oh wow! I don't think I've ever read the it book, so wow, that's interesting. Might oh. check that out. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. I, I hate the side no. trackers, but whenever I think of something, I always want to bring it up. Because you never know. If you're listening at home, no, you may be thinking about some of this stuff. So I like to bring it up just in case you're thinking about it too. No, not a problem at all. 
Um, but I will say is that during the scene, uh, you do get to see that Jabu is there, uh, again, drinking, and he actually gets a free uh, glass of wine from Jenny. But this is where we kind of learn that he was a great drummer and that we he's really depressed, but we don't understand what about as of yet. But that is something that they will flesh out as this movie goes on. And he does also, for some reason, bring up Femi's last name as Banjoko. But I actually don't know if that fully has anything to do with anything outside of that was his name. Well, I mean, they say that that's the statue too. Remember? Oh, Joko, you're right. That's Joko, right. Or whatever. So that that's why we're not. Yep. I'm not sure what happened at that opening scene. Did they? You know what I'm saying? What we're talking about in the pregame. <laughs> but it does make more sense to what we were talking about because I think we might be right with what we kind of fleshed out as we were like. We'll end up getting into it here as well. But oh. I think we might be onto something. And hey, we, we before we get to finish this scene. There was one scene yep. that happened right before this, I think, that we need to uh, cover also. Um, right before she left to go to the club, her and um, You're right. Memphis yep. have an argument. Well, kind of an argument. Kind of a talk. And um, But the gist of it feels like that they've been trying to have a baby and they can't. Is what it feels like. Yes, you're right. And it feels you're like right. he told her, because she, she says it, that if she became Christian or got baptized, that they could have a baby. You're right. I feel like yes, he said that, something like, I feel like that's what they're, what she's saying. Is that what it's right like though? Because he says, if you, if you are praying to God and that's what he was like, if you get baptized and join our faith, God will bless us with a child if he sees fit. So it seems like religion is her trying to get pregnant so that they can start their life together. Yeah. So, it, yeah. So I want to, yeah, I want to make sure we cover that. Cause I've, I just thought about the, yeah, cause that's what they're kind of talking about. And she's kind of upset because she's like, I've been trying to get pregnant and I can't kind of deal. So, and that's just keep that in your back pocket, everybody at home. (laughs) She's been trying to get pregnant and she can't. So just keep that in your back pocket. And actually interesting enough, intercut here as well is that we see that Billy starts having a nightmare and then she believes that Femi is back, but she's actually seeing Memphis. And I actually put my notes that it felt like she's projecting onto him because we end up cutting back to Jenny leaving work and coming home and she sees Billy wearing one of her dresses and is confused as to why her daughter is getting dressed up at this point and Jenny ends up figuring out that when she goes into Billy's room that somebody had sex in there and she realizes that Memphis had sex with her daughter and Jenny goes looking for him. Yeah, I thought I thought the whole sequence was was kind of funny because my first thought is like, why he's sweating without a shirt on? I'm like, why is it so hot in there? And she's in the bed sweating. I'm like, why don't you open the window? I'm sure there's not not AC at this point, but can you open a well, window like, or get a fan? I'm with you. Is that I'm not sure why he's sweating. Now I do know if you're having like a nightmare. I tend to if I'm actually like dreaming very like vividly. I tend to sweat, but like you're right. Like homeboy is just literally sitting out there. Just shirtless, just I guess watching TV or listening to the radio or something. But he's, he's like just glistening, drenched. Like, <laughs> yes. right, I don't think I could just be relaxed watching TV like that. I'd have to go outside and get some air or something. How hot no, is I it in this like, house? <laughs> I kept thinking that, that, like, how hot is it in here? That's the moment during the summer where I start sweating watching TV that I'm like, all right, so I'm turning the AC on. Yeah, like, I can't time, do this yeah. anymore. Like, that, that's the hot. moment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but like he, but. See, I don't, I don't know. I think that she is seeing Femi, like, 
And I, 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 I mean, think so too. She's gonna be seeing him later in the movie. I'm, we, we, can, we can say that. She's gonna be seeing him visions of him. So I feel like she is seeing Simi there. I mean, Femi there. I in her I own agree. mind. But I feel like Memphis is just trying to get some because you hear a girl moaning in the room and then he's kind of walking over there like, "What's what are you doing in there?" And he's kind of right. looking like he. So he kind of knows. And then okay, let's let's get to it because after after this and we get to what you said. She sees the daughter with the dress. She knows somebody had sex. So what does she yep. do? She's looking for Memphis. <laughs> Which, I mean, I can't blame her. And she, <laughs> They got something to talk about. Because I think about. she goes... <laughs> right. Because I think she goes over to his house, which is, like, right next door. Yeah, she takes, she takes a couple there. trips to different places where he usually goes. Yeah, because then she ends up going to the store across the street asking where he's at. And that's when she realizes that he's at the church. And she catches him at the altar praying... And this is where she pretty much, you know, rightly so, yells at him and pretty much tells him everything is over. And when she gets back home, Billy is gone and has left a note saying that she has left. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to uh, downplay her in this scene because this scene was pretty intense because he's, like, crying and begging at the altar, yep. please forgive me. And you're we're, we're close up on him, and then you can see mm -hmm. in the background the door just swings open and it's her. And she's like, Memphis! <laughs> <laughs> and she goes up to him and she's like, no, stay on your knees. Don't get up. I'm like, <laughs> she, she's giving it to him here. She's like, no, bullshit. She's, she's giving it to him. She's <laughs> And I think Clark is perfect for that because she is so intense yes. that I'm like, she scared me and I didn't even do anything. Yeah, I mean, like, she's killing it. She's <laughs> killing it. Like, she kills that. that. That switch of emotion on a dime, she can do that, like, like nobody's yes. business. But I thought it was just interesting how that happens. And she's like... Like, she's going door-to-door -door pretty much looking for this guy. Yes. And I wonder if, if she's telling everybody why she's looking for him or if she's just looking for him. <laughs> like, if you see him, tell him, come, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I'm just imagining, because she's screaming. She The second place she goes to, you can just see her from outside the window. But she looks like she's screaming at that guy, like. <laughs> so I'm like, I, yeah. I'm with you, yeah. But yeah, the daughter, she knows who her mom is. I guess that's why she left. <laughs> she's like, no, nah, I'm yes. not dealing with this. And then Memphis <laughs> right. is still there for some reason when she's reading this note that the daughter left. And I'm well, because like, doesn't she tell him right afterwards to like pack his stuff and leave? Yeah, but I'm like, why would you come back? You know, you know you're oh, done, no, I, buddy. Yeah. Just, I, you probably would have been better to take a day and then come back, maybe. <laughs> for sure, yeah, yep. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I just think that, and then we jump ahead here, what, six months? Five or six months, they say? Yeah, it does say, yeah, we have a time jump. I didn't, I must have missed how long, but... Oh, because we if you go back to the club, and when the when the the minister and the other guy come, they said, uh, they, they actually say it, because they come to, okay. to, I guess, match, match, do therapy for her in Memphis, I guess. And they're like, I think hey, so, it's, because been, I know. it's been five or six months since you kicked Memphis out. That's what they say. You're right, yep. So that's why that's why I'm saying. And there's also another thing we have as an indicator as well that'll come back in a little bit, but that makes a lot of sense because I know every time we see some of these people, they are pushing for them to get back together, but like I don't blame Jenny for not wanting that. Yeah, and I, I just thought it was weird. Like why would did they come on their own accord or did did he say, Hey, can y'all go talk like why would she listen to them? I don't I don't even I don't understand right, like, why. What are you like, going to tell the ladies, me? Like the two ladies. Or I don't understand why you would send them. But I mean, even going along with that, though, is 
I'm pretty sure Jenny stops going to the church as well after this whole thing goes down. So, like, she's not even part of the congregation now. So, like, why is she going to listen to you? Yeah, I didn't I didn't know why they came. And she pretty much tells him that, like, nah, we're done. It's over. And I don't right. I don't want anything else to do with it. So, and then, and then I don't know what their what their goal was. That's why I was not going to really understand. Just to I'm with you, yep. convert her or help Memphis because he's a member of the church. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting, though. But, um, okay, so, where do we go after this? Hold on. Um, I believe next up we have is where Jabu goes to work, which his work is dangerous in that he's driving, like, right alongside this train that almost clips him every time. Yeah, and what was that about? Well, Why? I guess that's before we had safety, because I'm sure they would have... <laughs> like um, something for yeah. you to stop until the train passes. OSHA or whatever probably was not a thing yet. Like, why are you trying to beat the train? Like, no, let the train pass. <laughs> wait, wait five seconds for the train to pass. So then, yeah, it's literally an engine. Like, there's it's nothing one car. Being pulled. Like, it's, it's not. It's not pulling like a mile worth of cars. <laughs> Just wait. I didn't this know. This is a creepy scene here. Okay, let's go. I was going to say, this is a creepy scene where Memphis goes to work and Jabu is just staring at him and keeps bringing up about how, like, a sacrifice is needed. Oh, and, yeah. He like, comes out of nowhere, too. He just kind of come. He's taking a lunch break here, actually. Right, he just pops up around the corner and is just like... <laughs> he yeah. actually offers him some liquor and he's like, no, I'm at work. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> kind of moves the cup Can you like, just see oh. me almost get hit by a train? Like, heck, I should really? not be drinking right now. <laughs> but then, this, is this the moment where he's still kind of freaked out by what happened? And he goes to work and almost uh, grills his arm off or something? Or saws his arm Yeah, off? he like cuts himself with the table saw, yeah. Yeah, because he gets kind of mesmerized looking over at uh, Jabu or whatever. Jabu or whatever. Oh, great. Yeah, because like, he's like staring at him across the way. And then, yeah, that's when he like, gets clipped by it because he's not paying attention and just kind of like having a staring contest. Yeah, and when they're talking, and this is where that comes in, he says, I wrote this down. You have three chances to play to pay the price. That's what he told me. Okay. And then when this happens, he puts up one finger. I guess showing this is the first chance. I guess. Oh, okay. Now this Did is something that, that this is something that is going to come to effect throughout the movie, but I don't I don't know if it's ever answered <laughs> at right. the end. But this is something that's going to come because he this he's going to come back several times and keep that count going. So we'll 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 check back in with Jabo later. You know what? You're right because I was just thinking about it, and I can think of what the other two are. But yeah, we'll definitely get to them as we come. <laughs> And this is where I noted that it's been six months and Jabo hasn't taken a bath or washed his clothes. Uh, no, he's just got that one outfit. <laughs> that one suit, same hat, same shirt, same everything. So where's he getting yep. money for the alcohol? People just give. I think people just give it to him. Because she I gives him so, wine I think throughout he, the whole like, movie for free. I feel like. Right, because he's that kind of just drummer guy who like so entertains the kids and everything. So I think people just kind of like everybody in the town seems to know him. So he's just the neighborhood. Yeah. Drunk or something? I don't know. Kind of, yeah. Well, okay, I'll buy it. Because <laughs> yeah, really, I never feel like we're in South Carolina, even though we are. And I don't know if we're supposed to be feeling like we're in South Carolina or not. So I don't know. Where do, where do uh, you I feel mean, like? It, where does this movie feel like it's taking place at? I don't even know. City, I mean, like, I feel like it's in Tennessee. I mean, I know that like the like license plates and everything say it. It does feel like Tennessee just because of like how hilly it is. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, good part, like a good portion of Tennessee is that way. So I kind of feel like it's almost isolated because of that. Which I know there's a lot of communities that are kind of set up this way. Okay, well that makes more that makes sense why it would be kind of more isolated. 
Because I've, I've right. never been there, so I don't even know what it looks like. <laughs> I've drove through a f- quite a few different times, and I mean, I've gone on vacation there a couple times just because we would get cabins there, and there's like these just picturesque, like wooded areas and everything like that. So that's really kind of what I'm basing it off of. And I mean, to be honest, it kind of makes me feel like a movie we've covered previously as well, like Jug Face with not as like culty backwoods, but like. Still same type of, like, small-town feel. Yeah, and everybody's kind of indoctrinated into that religion of the town. Yeah. yeah it kind of does feel... Agreed. Like that kind of world. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Well, maybe that's why the Reverend thought he could have some kind of sway over it, because he's used to having power maybe it is. <laughs> over people. Because there's so few people, maybe. Yeah, you might be right. Because there's a lot of people in that congregation, so I'm guessing that's a lot of the community. Because yeah. it's pretty full. <laughs> okay, so um, let's, let's, let's get back on here. So where are we... We gotta um, take the, I have here is that the daughter still is missing and that this is when Jenny decides to go to the tribe and they tell her actually, remember, that... Actually, remember, does Jobu tell her to go? Aren't they having a conversation I and she says, I know where I'll go. I'll go. I know exactly what to do. Maybe they do. Maybe that's what gives her the idea because like, I feel like he might have talked to her at the bar again and that's where she gets the idea oh, you because know, I remember, her I remember. daughter is still missing. I remember happening because um, she gives him a free glass of wine because some guy is giving yeah. her a hard time and he saves her, kind of brings her over. Oh, that's yeah. right. And then, yeah. she, and then they're having a conversation at the table and that's when, I forgot what he tells her exactly, but whatever he says sparks in her mind that I'm going to go to uh, to the religious Code or whatever it is, really not code, now, but does uh, she, whatever it is. Does he tell her not to go though, and she decides still to go here, or is that later? No, I feel like he told her, you know what to do, or something like that. Like okay. you know what you have to do, or something okay. like that. Later, Got it. I think later he might tell her that, but yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, at this moment he's telling her to go there. Yes. So yeah, so we get to this place um, again, and <laughs> we're back at this religious yep. ceremony. It's really intense yeah, I know this time, the, though, right? It is like the drums are very kind of upbeat and kind of got my anxiety going. And this is here where the like leader is kind of talking to like his congregation, I guess you could say. And that's when she speaks up saying that there's something that she does want. And this is where the leader tells her that in order to make things happen, she has to make a sacrifice. Now, I thought it was interesting in this moment where she really didn't bring anything, but other people uh, helped her. Because the, the guy is like, if any of you think that, you know, finding her daughter is, is worthy or she's worthy of it, then will you give her something to sacrifice or something to that effect? Yeah. And I guess they give her like a lamb or a goat or something. Somebody does. Uh, I believe it's a goat and then oil one lady gives a, gives a yam. Some kind of oil or something, right? Yeah. Because he does some kind of weird thing at some point during this ritual where he like... I think he's going to drink it and he just spits it out all over everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I forgot about that. I like, I don't know if you, if you noticed it because I watched it twice. Uh, there's a lady behind um, Marlene Clark that I don't think she knew that was going to happen because she reacts like she was not expecting that. She like goes all the no, way back and covers her face. That. I was like, oh, she didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> and the guy makes a face like maybe he improved that also because he's kind of like looking for it. Like he's making not a smirk, but he almost has a smirk after he does it actually. So I wonder I if they weren't expecting that. That's that. funny, though. Because <laughs> Marlon Clark doesn't react like she wasn't expecting it, but she's a professional, right. so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. But anyways, let's get back into this one. So 
This is her wanting to get her daughter back because she's been missing for five or six months, whatever that time frame was. Right, exactly. And this is actually here where intercut with this is that we see one of the church members that helped to kill Femi is walking away from his vehicle, and I believe he starts to have a heart attack. And also at this point is where the statue that they're doing all of these like prayers to, the face of it changes to Femi. And I actually was wondering in my notes, I was like, did Jenny actually see that change or not? Yeah, her but face. But that face is what is we get to, to see. Her face is reacting okay. to it. Because if you look at her eyes, if she's physical acting, her eyes get really big when she's seeing Femi's face. So I feel like she's seeing it too. Which, again, okay. made me question, what is Femi's role here? What is he doing? Why come she can see him, too? Like, right. Because she cared about him, too, I guess? I don't know. So I, that, I wouldn't um, I about mean, that. I could see that because it was her daughter that was in love with him. Mm-hmm. I could see her being, like, okay with it type thing. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, yeah, but I, that's why I just wasn't sure if he was... Because, I mean, he's going to become more and more spirit <laughs> supernatural as we're kind of going through this, but... I just wasn't Very sure at true. this moment in the movie where he what his place was going to be. I definitely agree. But okay, so after all this, um, after the yeah, ceremony is complete, uh, we go back to her bedroom. Did we go straight back to. Uh, that? Well, yeah, because the, the ceremony ends up working because that's when uh, Billy comes home, and we also get to learn from some other people here that Brother Davis has died as well. Yeah, and then, and that's why I was wondering, like, and that's something we were kind of talking about, like. What's causing these people to die in the ceremony that they're doing? Well, because you had brought up a good point is that um, Lord Shango is actually what he was the deity of like lightning and thunder. He was also the one of justice and virility. So it does seem like from what I understood, what we kind of were talking about pregame is that it feels like Marlene Clark's character, they had to commit a sacrifice in order to make billy come home but by praying to this statue into this like god it seems like they also are getting vengeance because of the power that it's using so it's like they commit a sacrifice to it and then the deity is getting justice along with using its power yeah that's what it, it feels something like that to me too like there's some kind of some kind of give and take there where he's getting something for helping them Right. Yeah, almost like an evil genie or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. It feels almost like that. But uh, I think it's it's kind of weird, her eyes, like when the daughter comes back, she's making these really gigantic eyes. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. That's a, that's a little bit over the top for me. I was like, why is she looking <laughs> like that? Like she's on drugs or something. She's like, ah. Like her eyes are huge at this moment <laughs> when she's hugging her in the <laughs> but I But she's like, but this is where we get to reveal that, uh, what you alluded to earlier, the daughter comes back pregnant. Yes. And she thinks it's Femi's baby, but we know it's Memphis's baby. Right, exactly. And, yeah, this was kind of an interesting thing here because I know around this time as well is that because she's so convinced that it's Femi's baby that she wants to have Femi come back to her. And I know around here is what I have in my notes is that Jenny talks to Jabu about some of this stuff, and this is where we actually get that Jabu does not agree with Shango, and he declines to help, so this is actually driving both of them to go back to the cult as well. Yeah, and then they're going to try to see if they can get help that way. 
And this is when, right. uh, so she brings the daughter, and they bring the dog as the sacrifice this time. The dog that, uh, and if you remember earlier, there took. was a dog that one of the the members of the church gave her. Yes. As uh, after the, they killed him. After the, thinking about that now, what? You gave her a dog because you killed her boyfriend? What? Right. That's what but I mean. What Billy did about? take the dog with her when she left. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I was like, I'm thinking about that now. Like, wow, that's kind of shitty, man. <laughs> Your boyfriend died. Here's a dog instead. I know we Go couldn't. On. We couldn't not. We couldn't help him get out the water. But here you go. <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I don't even think about that when it happened. But thinking about it at this moment, I'm like, wow. Okay, but anyway, she's gonna have to, cause cause the. Uh, I don't know if he's he called a priest. I don't even know if we know what this the main guy that's running this ceremony. I don't know if we know what his title is. Do they say? I uh, yeah, I mean I guess in the credits I have him as cult leader, but cult I mean okay. I have issues with that. I don't, I don't think really it's a cult. Think a it's more cult? like a religion. Because yeah. I said that earlier and I was like, right. well, it's not really cult. But uh but anyways, he's he's kinda 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 walking him through the sacrifices and he's gotten he's got a lot of words he's saying here. Pretty much, it breaks down like they have to make a sacrifice here, and what's important yep. and all that. So you know, she wants she wants him back, so she's willing to sacrifice the dog. Right now, I think it's interesting. And this is actually oh, kind of go for it, bro. Oh no, I was gonna say this is actually kind of interesting. What happens because of like what is gonna happen here next? Yeah, I was gonna jump into. Um, I thought it was a cool correlation here, and I think we kind of kicked it back to see if uh, yep. it happened any other time. I don't think we could connect it. Where they're sacrificing the dog here, and then we get another death of one of the people that killed him, and it's actually a death by dog, which I thought it was, if they were connecting that, that would have been a really cool, but I don't know if they did that on purpose or not. <laughs> right, because I know, because this one is um, Deacon Tibbles, and like you said, like he worked oh, like a dog God. So he, or something. So he didn't even buy the dog, he just took it from his job. Oh. That was that guy. You're right, I... <laughs> I didn't even think about he that yet. They a gave a free dog. dog. Gave it to him. We didn't even buy it. <laughs> oh, that's even cheaper. Didn't even think about that until you pointed it out. Yeah. Wow. Great. So, yeah, you deserve to die for that, buddy. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, anyways. <laughs> so, he ends up getting his... It looks like his neck gets, like, bit by this dog. Because this dog just gets rabid all of a sudden. That's what I took it as too. Is like it went after like his jugular and everything, and ended him that way. Yeah. So that's so these people are dying, and every time you know they do this ritual, we're seeing somebody die, and they're seeing yep. the face of Femi on the statue because she sees his face too, I believe, right? Because this is actually where I noticed it for sure because I saw Jenny's eyes get big once again when this ritual happened. Because she's seeing it too, right? Yes. Yeah, that, that's what I felt like too. I felt like she was seeing it and the daughter was seeing it at the same time because they both were like reacting as if they're seeing it happen. Okay, right. <laughs> so we're on the same page. Okay, so and then um, so after this point, there's something that I didn't understand. Yes, is that so? Jenny, she's still going back to the religious aspect. Is she still yep. uh, kind of stretched between Christianity and this because? Her main concern is that the baby can't be without a father when it's born, but that oh, feels yeah, that feels more Christian in root than anything. Agreed. So I wonder what's her. Is she torn between that, like deeper than what I, they're kind of showing us? Because I feel like she's mad at Memphis, but I don't know if that means. 
I don't know. You know, like her character is never like seeming to be like all in on Christianity. I think you're right because I didn't even think about it, but because yeah, the next scene is where she goes to Memphis. At least that's what I have down is that and tells him that he has to marry her daughter because the baby needs a father. And you're right, that's a very Christian belief. So I'm wondering if she believes in this different religion because it brought her daughter back, but it does seem like, and I mean, she actually takes Billy back there, obviously, as well, but it seems like she still has some of the Christian beliefs. Yeah, because that, that felt like really like a strong Christian thing that the baby would have to have a father. Right. Because I was like, for what, though? Like, what? What's going to happen if it doesn't? Y'all are still going to raise it. I don't understand. So, like, right. <laughs> so it was weird to me that she said that and that she was really a stickler about that. And then I thought it was weird because there's another conversation, I think, around this time where Memphis has a conversation with the uh, the reverend of the church. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> while eating some really weird looking chicken wings. I don't know. Yeah, because the. the good ladies from the church have made them so that he, they, he the, the reverend offers those to memphis <laughs> i like that seven up bottle did you see that seven up glass bottle no i didn't that's what that, that's what I he had next to the wings him. yeah next to the wings was a seven up glass bottle of soda okay. that was that was i remember that when i was a kid that was pretty cool when i was a, when i was a kid there was a I'm, i always do this guys i'm sorry everybody listening if you listen to our podcast you know i like to do that sorry but when I was a kid, I went to an old school barbershop and uh-huh. the owner of the barbershop had like two or three Model T cars that he would drive and they were like different okay. colors and they were running perfectly. He was a really rich yeah. guy, like a rich older guy. And because okay. you would see it parked and everybody would be like, oh my God, what is, whose car is that? Because it was like an old school car, but it was like clean. It was like very clean. And, but anyways, yeah. like, he had an old school soda machine, and it was only the glass bottle sodas, where you had to, like, oh. pop the top, the metal top yeah, off. Yeah, with the, right, that they had it connected to the actual machine. Yeah, to the everything. machine. So, yeah, I, was, I always remember, like, everything in the shop was, like, he had a juke, like, an old school jukebox. Like, everything was old school in his barbershop. It was my Ooh. grandpa's barbershop, but when I was a kid, he took okay. me there to get my hair cut. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's probably why it was, my grandpa probably went there since he was younger, too, probably. There's really right. no telling because this is an old, like a kind of like a fixture in the neighborhood barbershop. <laughs> but anyways, just sorry about that, guys. But I just want to bring that up because I love those old bottles. Every time I see it in a movie, I like old product placement when they actually, when you see it in movies, like old logos and old stuff like that. Yeah. I just always think it looks cool. I'm, I'm with you. I, think it, <laughs> I didn't even notice it here, but I'm, I mean, I have to go back and check that out because I think that is kind of cool. Yeah. But let's get back to these, the chicken wings here. So. Yeah, they look bad, but uh, anyways, the conversation they have is that he's telling them that, hey, she wants me to marry her daughter, and, you know, how can I do that? And he's like, well, you're you're a Christian, and you made a mistake, and part of being a Christian is you got to live up to the mistakes and fix them, so, you know, pretty much giving them the blessing yep. that, yeah, you should marry her because you got her pregnant, pretty much. And not only that, this is also interesting here because Memphis also brings up sacrifice to him, and I thought it was interesting that the Reverend brings up one of the like stories from the Bible about how God told, I think it was Abraham, that he had to uh, sacrifice one of his sons. So it's kind of interesting that they're showing a correlation here Ooh, between You know what? I didn't how, even pick up on that, but yeah. Yeah, like he brought that up. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting that even the, I mean, the reverend's obviously taking it in a different route where in his eyes, he's sacrificing his freedom to marry the daughter because he made the mistake. Mm-hmm. But Jabu keeps, you know, 
alerting Memphis that he has to you know commit a sacrifice as well, but in a very different type one. Yeah, so he's never really he's not caring what he's got to do. I think because <laughs> he right. yeah people are giving him all these warnings and telling him stuff, and he's he doesn't really follow anything. I don't believe. <laughs> nope. But yeah, I think it's interesting though that because um, I think in this next scene is back at the bar, right? Um, I also have here that um, the second time that you had brought up that Jabu is alerting Memphis, because this is where Memphis also gets clipped by that train oh, when yes, yes. he's going to work. And then he sees, like, when he's trying to recover, he sees him just sitting there, and he, I think he gives him the two sign, two fingers up. I think you're right. That that's the second time. So this guy's having a hard time at work, because <laughs> he's going to have another bad day here later we'll get to, but... <laughs> I think yes, I want to take some days off or something. This is this is too much, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because this guy's almost cut his arm off the other day. He almost. I'm surprised. I think his car got some damage because it clipped the back of it. Oh, he got him good. Yeah, because like yeah. it almost. I think it. If it doesn't completely turn him 180, it's pretty close to it. I think it's interesting, like working in a warehouse environment and having come from some warehouses, that everything yeah. didn't stop down when something like that happened. Because now I feel like in a safety kind of world that oh, yeah. when somebody something like that would happen everything would stop and everybody would try to make sure nobody i feel like some people said hey you okay but i don't feel like anybody was like oh my god this guy oh you're died. right <laughs> like two or three people come over and like you all right memphis and then he like doesn't really say a whole lot and but yeah like but everybody else keeps working it feels like yeah they're like oh okay back to work <laughs> yeah it's kind of <laughs> weird okay all right let's keep going man next where we're at now oh yeah back to, so did we get um, to the restaurant I think this is, I'm assuming this is the time here where we find out that he does agree to marry her and they're having some sort of party at the restaurant that is being hosted by Jenny, I think. Okay. I think that's what I have down next. So, yeah, so that that was my question because that's where I'm at too. Is I'm okay. wondering, is this, because I didn't, I, I didn't even think about that. It could have been like an engagement party or something maybe. I, I think, think that's, that's what, what it's supposed, supposed to be. be. Yeah, I didn't even put that together. But now that you're saying that, because I'm, because my note is, why is this a bar or is this a restaurant? Because why are all the church people here? Yeah, that's why. That's why. Because we see the gray-haired ladies here, the heavier set black yep. ladies here, and but but they're not playing. But wait a minute, because they're not playing church. They're playing like hip hop, not hip hop. I don't know what you would call it back then, but a boogie woogie. Yeah, I don't even know what. They're playing to, boogie yeah, woogie yeah, on the it's... piano. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know why the church, why the church, because people are dancing and and getting crazy in the background. The old man is here. Our old man character's yeah. here with some shades on. <laughs> yeah, yes, he is. <laughs> I don't know if he was at the church or not. I might have to just go back, just fast forward to see if he was at the church scene or not. Because I'm now wondering if he's at the church too, and then on the weekends he's over here. <laughs> he's just getting down. Yeah, just. Having a good old time. But yeah, you see, um, you see a couple shots of people doing things. You see Memphis at a table alone having a meal or something. But you can see he's got like a look of like, man, I got to marry this chick, and I kind of love her mom. Right. But I got to marry her. <laughs> he looks like sad about it. <laughs> and you see her; she's dancing with some younger guy. I don't know who this guy is, yes. but she looks like she's into. I don't him either. Because they're really having a good a good time dancing, and they're kind of looking deep in each other's eyes, kind of like they're really into it. Right. Which I don't understand. This is something that's going to happen here in a minute that I don't understand. So Jabo comes yeah. over and he starts dancing with her, right? Mm -hmm. But he's doing this really weird thing where he's dancing slowly. And I guess 
everybody's just like, oh, he's drunk. Just, you know, that's his dance. <laughs> that's, that's what it feels like because nobody's, like, reacting yeah. like it's weird. They're reacting like the old man dancing at a wedding or something. Like, nobody, everybody's just happy he can move. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> that's what I feel like. And then he starts going in a circle and they're going faster and faster. What's, well, what's happening here? Do we know? I thought he was trying to make the baby die. That's what I thought. I could see that. What that would be something like, because I mean, like, going along with what you're saying about people thinking that he could just be drunk and that he, because like, they kind of yell at him at the end of it because like, yeah, like what is he does spin do her around in a circle, which could just make her nauseous because I mean, she is pregnant and you're you know spinning this woman around in a circle and everything like that. Because then she fall down. I at think the it's end? like when he let, then he let her go and she like yeah, down. like he does, and then she. Another weird thing here is that I had put down, because I got confused, I was wondering, because um, Billy claims that she got very hot, like, when she had sex with Memphis and thought that Femi was there, so I was almost wondering if Jabu almost seems where she was projecting onto Jabu that Femi was there, and I almost was wondering, because I had a note down, like, was Femi trying to enter the unborn baby here? But I don't think that's what's happening, because that doesn't kind of fall in oh, line with things. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because somebody says that. Jabu says that. I think Does you're it? right. I think you. I think okay. he was trying to stop it. Because think about it. He says uh, that. He says yeah. there's something about, like, spirits, and they try to inhabit uh, yeah. Like, something might happen in babies before they're born. So He said something about that. I don't remember exactly okay. what he said, but I do remember that That's line probably... that you said that. He's, so he's trying to, maybe that, he's trying to stop that from happening some kind of way. I don't know. Okay, that would make sense. So was the heat Femi leaving her body? I don't know. Um, It's either that or it's kind of like how he was kind of in Memphis. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I slipped that no, in there. No, that's a... <laughs> Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, you're fine. I I don't know 100%. It does feel like, though, when she becomes pregnant, how she saw Femi as Memphis, and I'm almost wondering if she saw, like, Femi oh. as Jabu, but... Kind of what's going to happen here so- shortly is that Jabu is seems to be a little bit more powerful than other people. What? So wait a minute. Well, so what if that's what's been happening in the whole movie? That he's trying to take over the baby, and that's why she keeps. It could be. Him. Is that possible? It could be that he had Memphis impregnate her, and then through Jabu, he could be trying to enter her, which is why she would feel the heat here again, because of, you know, just being close to him. I wish I could ask somebody who made this movie, is that what you were going for? Because that's kind of an interesting thing, if if that's that's something they were going for. Or is that just a coincidence that we're picking up, <laughs> picking up on? Or we're just yeah trying to connect dots that aren't necessarily because like, that's not enough. That that actually would be an interesting thing if he was trying to make himself be reborn through the baby some kind of way. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know where it would lead to, but that that would be an interesting thing to explore. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> maybe I don't know. So, but he spins her, and then she's after all this happens. Um, I guess they go to the back of the club or whatever. And she's laying yep. on the couch, and she's kind of explaining, like you said, that 
you know, his hands were as hot as uh, Femi. He reminded, something about Femi, yep. reminded her of Femi. And his hands being so hot. But this sparked something in in, in uh, Jenny. I feel like that she notices something or, or realizes something at this moment, right? Did you get Is that? Is this the part where... Yeah, because I... Because she sends, I she sends uh, Billy home with uh, Memphis and she says... Yes. They were all leaving together and she's like, no, no, you two go ahead and yes. I'll catch up later. But then she actually gets Jabu and takes him with her. Right. Well, see, I know one part is that Billy tells her mother that Femi did take her and they did a ritual before any of this movie takes place. So I wasn't necessarily sure if they're trying to insinuate that Femi and Billy actually had had sex prior to the events of the movie. But I know she does bring up that they had kind of done rituals and Jenny does kind of look at her kind of funny at that point too. Yeah, I do remember seeing it earlier where she's like, yeah, I went to some of the rituals and we did some stuff. Right. So I know all about it already. She kind of tells her. I forgot what they were talking about that moment, but yeah, I Me do too. remember that, what you said. I do remember that point. So yeah, that's, yes, yeah, it's, it's, there's some part, that's the thing with this movie. There's a lot of really interesting things they introduce and kind of play with. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like they really get around to explaining them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't oh, explain them. Yeah. But they give you, you know, different pathways to think about. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Because it's a lot of... it's a See, like, movies like this, like... And I, I think I've said this before on the podcast. These are movies that now you could remake it if you... I mean, I don't know if you could remake it now. But movies like this where, I like, actually... there's all these little things where you can, you know, actually explore or... Choose, make a decision and choose to go a certain direction because these aren't movies that are somebody's favorite movie of all time well, it may be for somebody i don't know but you know what i'm saying like this isn't widely seen as the somebody's everybody's favorite of something oh no i mean literally on um the imdb page there is like 109 people that have a rate have rated this movie on there <laughs> so like so it's, I mean, I kind of feel kinda honored that I'm one of those 109 who have put up a rating up there. But I mean, on um, uh, on Letterboxd, they don't even have a like average rating because not enough people have. And I have one friend on there who has actually seen this movie <laughs> and everything like that. So like, I actually was gonna say when you had brought it up is I think this would be a movie that would be prime for a remake and. As long as you kind of flesh things out a bit more, mm -hmm. or kind of, I think it would be good for that. Because I feel like all this movie is missing is whatever happened before that, yeah. and then giving us a little bit maybe of the pre, some pre-stuff that happened before, and filling in some of those blanks. It, oh, it's, it's there. It's all there. I mean, the main story, I think, is pretty interesting. I mean, it's all there. Just shape yeah. it a little more, and, and you got something. So yeah, I'm I'm with I would be with it. Yeah, but that's crazy that there's yeah. that that few reviews. But this is kind of a this is one of those movies where I was just digging deep in movies and I just ran across it <laughs> randomly. No, so. I'm glad you did because like these are one of those ones where I'm like, man, this is kind of cool that like I'm in such elite company right now with having seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what I'm usually looking for is movies that nobody's ever mentioned to me or nobody's ever said anything about. And it's just right. I like I like I love finding those gems just deep deep in the dirt of movies that are more decent more decent than what you would expect you know yeah but uh and I think <laughs> I keep we keep jumping off the story but uh, I think I was talking about the director of this and I was like I felt like this movie was directed pretty well 
for him not to yeah. have you know gotten any more opportunities. But I guess Agreed. nobody saw it. <laughs> so that I mean, it sounds like that's probably a good portion of. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, especially when it came out though, is like there weren't a lot of people who weren't black watching black exploitation. Mm-hmm. I don't think unless you were kind of like more of a cinephile even back then. And I mean, a lot of that could have been, it would have been hard to find it showing somewhere. And then you got to, I'm assuming a lot of these movies would have been showing in more of like communities that they're like, Oh, we'll make money if we show it here. And you got to think that this, this really isn't as black exploitation as you would think it would That's be. True. So I wonder if the That's audience true. for it wouldn't even have liked it because they would want to see more over-the-top portrayals and more giving it to the man that's, type of deal. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. Yeah. like so, that. I didn't even think about that. You, I think you're onto something there. So they probably wouldn't even have liked it either because it's, it's, I think it's really artsy made. It's more of an art house kind of movie than a... I mean, not fully, but I feel like it's closer to that than black exploitation for sure. But I mean, I'm with you. Is I think the like Ganja and Hess crowd would like this more. Yes, they than, would probably be into this movie. <laughs> like your Black Caesar crowd, or like movies like that, where it's much more like you were saying, like much more action packed. Yeah, you need nudity, you need pimps, you need going against the man, and you need we got a nightclub. You got to have a nightclub for a black exploitation. So I mean, at least have that. <laughs> so we got partial, you know. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, you got to have that stuff for black exploitation, but. Anyways, uh, yeah, this this movie is kind of kind of artful how they do some of this, because we're about we're about yeah. to get to a really artful scene here in a minute. <laughs> yes, because you were um, kind of already alluding to this is that Jenny actually goes and brings Jabu home with her, and this is where we kind of really start to learn more about his backstory, and I found that to be you know quite interesting is that he. It almost seems like he brought this religion from New Orleans, or at least I was kind of wondering that, because it sounds like he was a drummer, and he made a sacrifice that would allow Lord Shango to give him the ability, I think you actually brought this up to me, where he could drum like thunder, and we end up figuring out that his sacrifice was his wife and child. Yeah, yeah, he mentions that. I think this is actually a kind of interesting spot to drop this monologue into. (laughs) Yep. Because oh, he's just yeah. sitting at the table waiting for her to change, and he's just dropping this monologue here. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, he he mentions that, and he, how he uh, wanted to be... I feel like he says he, he met, like, the best magicians or whatever, and he wanted to be just yes. like them, and they told him that he'd have to go to this yep. place and, and do something. So I wonder if they're saying that they told him to go to Shango and learn and ask for this ability or something. Uh, Not me. That's, that's, what it sounded, that's what it felt like. And then he went to the yeah. to the religion, and then got, and like you're saying, like he lost his wife and and uh, daughter, and kid in the process to get this. <laughs> and I also think this is kind of a good thing here. Well, not, it's not a good thing. His portrayal is really good though, because he's just so broken and jaded that like I'm like, oh, I can see why you're drinking as much as you are. Yeah, because I feel like, and and then I feel like he got ability. Was it abilities he has? Because I'm I'm still not sure what his abilities are. That's what I take it as, is that he's actually, like, a super talented drummer because of Lord Shango. Yeah, I feel like and it was because we of his abilities, about, right? The abilities they gave him or anything? I think so. I think that's what his, like, I think he sacrificed for those. And we were actually talking about this in the pregame, I think, as well, is that I think he almost kind of invoked the spirit as well. And it seems like this... um 
I mean, it actually kind of goes into the next sequence, I believe, here, where Jenny starts calling him Lord, she draws him a bath, and then they put whatever this, like, waxy liquid in it, and they both get in, and I think they also kind of make love here, and it almost seems like he becomes Lord Shango, or he at least invokes that spirit into him. You said they kind of make love? <laughs> yeah, no, they are. <laughs> but uh, hold on, but let's let's talk right, right before this scene. There, there's something weird she's doing, because after he finishes his uh, monologue, and yeah. she kind of gets more of his backstory, she comes out yep. in like this more religious, but to like a African religion looking oh. dress kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like. I mean, and then she yeah. comes out and, but this is something I thought was weird. She's doing some kind of, she's trying to do a sacrifice here at this moment because first she pours so, the drink, yeah. pours out the yep. drink like he did or whatever. And then yep. they do some kind of weird thing that I don't remember them sharing drinks in the ritual, but they do that. I, I don't remember that either. But then she gives them an ad, a dead animal, which I saw this and I knew what it was. It's baked chicken. And it looks like yeah, it has that's no what I thought too. on it. And I'm like, oh, God, that sounds so gross. I was like, it's it looks like a scared rotisserie chicken. That's what I thought, yeah. But it looks like <laughs> it's just like a boiled chicken, like the kind where it looks all yeah. gray and weird. You're right. And he just gives him a piece of it because it looks white on screen. I was like, oh, my God. It, yeah. Can you put some sure. salt on there or something, some pepper? <laughs> it looks like it's, it looks really like no flavor to it. But yep. Anyways, and he takes, I'm like, is this the the dead animal she has a circle? Like, I was trying to, because he tells her, like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, it's not going to work because you don't know what you're doing. But yeah. she's trying to do some kind of sac some kind of sacrifice here, right? Agreed. So is the, I think so too. is the sex we're about to get to, is that part of the sacrifice? Since this, like, since this seems to be a little bit different from what we've gotten previous, I think it is. She's giving, that's, her, that's what like, she's giving him because she doesn't have anything else of value. Oh, yeah, you might be right. Because it's always like an that. animal and something else and then yeah. something of value. But I don't know, because she gave her a necklace at, at the very first time. Yeah. I don't remember if the daughter gave any kind of thing like that. I don't remember. I mean, I. I mean, they play it loose with with what happens in this movie too. So. Well, the only thing I would say though is that she did take that dog with her, and the first time around, somebody else gave the goat. So I'm wondering if, like, you're right, is that Jenny gave her necklace at that first one, and then Billy gave this dog that she's had for you know X amount of time when she disappeared, and then so I guess you could correlate that is that she gave her body over to Jabu here. Yeah, that's what it feels like, something like a sacrifice to him. Yeah. And then we get this uh, very artistic, very silhouetted undressing scene. Yes. <laughs> and like you said, she runs very the bath sensual. water and puts this red liquid in there, which I don't know what that is. It could just be bubble exactly. bath all the time. I don't know. But it turns the water red. Yeah, that's so what I, I was wondering. Because there's also those candles that oh, we see you see as like, they get what? burned down. Did it turn the water red, or did they just have a red light flash? Because there's red light on them when they're yeah, in the tub later. I I thought it turned it red, but I mean, it could also have just been that they went with a like red lighting. Yeah, because if, if it was water and they turned the red light, it would look red. I don't know. I don't know. But it gets really artistic at this point. But the one thing really that does. felt very black exploitation was the music. The music is really yeah. super intense. And it yes. didn't feel like it should be in a sex scene. It felt like it should be like a <laughs> a chase scene or something <laughs> in a black in a yes. regular black exploitation car chase scene or something. 
but we're just getting all these like crossfades between scenes so everything's kind of blending in and out of each other and you're seeing their them sweating and i think he's on top of her i think she's on it was weird how they did it but they yeah agreed. you could tell they were trying to keep it classy because i feel like we don't get any yeah. nudity in this movie either only silhouetted I, we get some silhouetted side boob here but they keep it right classy. i was gonna say when i was watching like the bat scene i was like oh is she gonna show her like is she gonna be topless she gets naked like, in she was. almost every movie i've seen her in <laughs> Right, and then I was like, "Oh no, they really." I mean, I guess if you was it rated I mean, R I guess or was it rated this PG? Up. PG thirteen. Uh, I do not remember. No, it's rated R. Rated R, yeah. So they could have surprised it if they wanted to, right? But, but I feel like they were going for a little bit more artistic. So we never see any of the sex scenes, and this yeah. one that we do see is very like you don't really see what you're looking at body parts. Very tastefully done, right? Yeah. Except for the music. The music was so out of place for me in this scene. Right. The music was not very tasteful, but... <laughs> so I was like, so I wasn't sure what happened, because I put in my notes, seduction, boiled chicken, silhouette, <laughs> intense blaxploitation music. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it was quite odd. I will... Uh... Well, yeah, I couldn't tell, but I think after this, um, after this bath and sex session... He's revitalized now, right? Like now he's got the yes. power. He's dressed yes. well now. All of a sudden, doesn't wear the suit anymore. Maybe she threw it away <laughs> while he was <laughs> sleeping or something. Probably because, like, <laughs> he's yeah, got a brand new clothes. I think and everything. everything from here kind of goes into a flurry as well. He's got more than one outfit because he wears maybe three different outfits from this point. So uh, he's yeah, he, he stepped be, up, yeah. or is he manifesting these clothes? I don't even know. I don't know his. I mean, he might have found love, so now maybe he's you know like I'm gonna start dressing nice. He's like he's like Austin Powers. He got his mojo back, so now he's like <laughs> yes, exactly. He's got his full power set back again. Oh man, that was okay. So I don't I don't want to throw us off again. I was like, that's always something I always wanted in a a superhero story was a superhero that had powers, and then like somehow he got depressed or something and couldn't use them, and the way they kept him from getting his powers is to always keep him depressed or something. So like I always had an idea to make a story like that. So this kind of reminds me of that almost. Okay. Like somehow they found a way to stop the superhero by making him be so depressed that he can't even use his full power. So I feel like I feel I I see him almost like a superhero for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Or like almost like a Jesus almost because he's like the guy that he seems almost like a homeless guy, but he has (laughs) wisdom and people he respects people. You know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, nobody would think he would have this power or this ability by looking at him. Right. And they wouldn't yeah. treat him, but but he's nice with the kids. He tries to help people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Feel, I wonder if that was any kind of kind of parody they were trying to make that he was like, the person that you think the least would be somebody like that is that person. You know what I mean? You ever heard yeah, that yeah, where somebody uh, says, like, uh, if Jesus was uh, alive, he would be like a homeless person and you would just walk over him or something? Like, you ever heard somebody yeah, say no, something I, I like that? No, I get what you're saying, yeah. That's what I feel. I feel like if they were trying to do something like that, maybe with his character, too. I mean, you're not wrong, though, because, like, he's an alcoholic in this whole movie where everybody kind of just ignores him. Like, everybody knows him, and it seems like most everybody likes him, but, like, he is kind of ignored up until Jenny really sees him. Yeah. And then once she, like, does whatever, now he's, like, fully fulfilled, and he's a different person now. Right. So let's get to this thing that happens, because I don't know what happens at this ritual, this next ritual, because 
Okay, so the wedding to Memphis is going to happen the next day. So yes. they have another ritual here where he unlo- unleashes his thunder god power here. Uh, I don't know what's going on with these knitting needles. Because I was like, is that I... like his Thor's hammer or something? Because he's always got them. And throughout the movie, the second time I watched it, I realized he always has them throughout the movie, these little knitting needles. And at one point he says this is the last thing he had from his wife or something. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah. I don't know yeah, if they I do give remember him power that now. Or yeah. Because he's gonna invoke some kind of power here. But what's do you did you understand what was happening here? So he does I some kind of not. chant. He puts the sticks right. in the ground, gets uh what's her name? The daughter of Jenny of Jenny, what's her name? Uh Billy. Billy. He gets Billy to hold him and he's doing he, I don't understand what's happening here. He's trying to get Femi to do what? To come into her? Is he making him I come th- into her right this moment? Is that what's happening? I think so. Because I know that... Because smoke is coming out of the ground. And I don't... Yes. At one point I was like... I actually have in my notes that on. Femi takes over Billy. So is that, that's what's happening at this point? I think so. Because I was I, confused. I think that's what I have. <laughs> And I know this is also where we had... Is this where we have the, like, dueling drums with the, like, church choir as well? Um, is that this moment or is that the next moment? I think that's, the, that no, like, that's, that's the wedding. That's at the wedding. Okay, okay. I think that's that part. Because that, that was the other thing I was confused by, what was going on kind of there with that. But I know around here... Because I was confused here, because when all the smoke happens and all that happens... Then I feel like we jumped straight to her, like, standing next to Memphis at the altar. So I didn't understand well, Now, where happened. is that part where Memphis almost dies in the quarry? Is that before the wedding? No, that's after this. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's after this. Oh, that's, that's right. That's okay, like I can see in my notes now where I have my notes on that thing. Yeah, okay, so I think... I don't really know what they're doing with this ritual either. The only thing I can think of is that I had that Femi takes over Billy, and I think that leads into what happens at the wedding. Well, that that happens in the wedding because when we get to this wedding right. here, like they're doing the vows, and and um, and then when they get to her, like you know, do you uh, is she gonna say yeah. I do or not? No, he says, does anybody wanna um, you know the moment where yeah. if anybody has anything to say, this is your moment, or forever hold your peace. And then they asked her, Are you, do you want to? And she says, no, no. And she freaks out. No, I'm not going to marry him. And, she, and mom well, tries to get her. I thought at first she was like, what you when she's like, I do not. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, she coming in real hot with that. Yeah, answer. she's like, I do not, not, no, no. And she gets mad. <laughs> but I like that she just pushes her mom because her mom tries to come over and she just like pushes her. She's like, no. Yep. And then it gets real Abby here all of a sudden. She like turns her head and they turn on a red light. And then. Yep. And this, the one thing about this moment that I felt was weird is that nobody in the crowd reacts as if, if a if a demon possessed somebody in the middle of church, like wouldn't I don't feel like everybody would just sit there. I feel like right, people I think would there'd be a little bit more away. reaction. Nobody reacts. Everybody's just still having a regular Sunday service because <laughs> the pastor's <laughs> like, "Oh my God, this this girl's been possessed. We gotta uh, sing this demon out of her," and they start singing songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, see ya. I would have been gone. I'm like, y'all can tell me how it um, ended. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gone. Agreed. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's weird, but I don't even understand the point of this because all he does, he doesn't even really, I don't know what, what this little speech he gives accomplishes. It doesn't really accomplish anything. I don't really know either. Like, I feel like, okay, 
nobody in the church is going to care that they killed you. They don't. They're right. not going to believe you over the pastor. So, okay. It's true. And then Jabu, or actually now he's Shango. He's not Jabu anymore. He's not Shango. Right. And they're like, who? And I like how the the, the reverend's like, who are you? Are you somebody else coming to disrupt or something? Yes. And he's like, no, I'm coming to get this the soul of the guy that's inside this woman or something. He says something to that effect. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So whatever he does takes that brings her calms her down takes the soul away. That guy uh, sold yes. back into himself, I guess, or I don't know. And that makes sense because that's why she's kind of like bedridden from this point on. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't either until you just said it. That he, I forgot that he came in there and kind of like exercised it almost, and that it may, would make sense why she's bedridden. When, okay, I wrote a note, and I, I mean, I didn't write a note, but I just remembered it. At some point, he tells her that if, uh, no, I think he says it at the dinner table. I think he says if if the if your daughter dies. No, he said if if your daughter lives, the baby will die. If the baby dies, the daughter will live, or something like that. Uh yeah, I I didn't write that down either, but you're right. I do remember him saying that. So I yeah. want at this moment, I'm like, okay, so she's getting sick, so we're gonna have to make a choice because <laughs> if she dies, yeah. or the baby dies, but they're both not gonna make it. Up, is what it feels like is going on. Agreed. But anyways, he takes the I guess takes the guy's soul from her and then walks out of the church. And yes. then Memphis runs behind him like he's going to fight him or something. I don't know. <laughs> he's like grabbing at him and like, hey, what do you what do you want from me? And he's like, he's like, Jabo. And he's like, no, call me, call me uh, Shango. And he's like, yeah. Jabo. And he says, Shango. Call, he gets mad about it. Call me Shango. And I'm like, okay. He does. <laughs> I, he said, I'm, I guess he transformed now. He's like, no, you would call me sir. That's like saying. <laughs> That's what yep. it felt like. No, you would call me sir. But anyways, he's trying to tell him, and I think that's when he tells him, right, you have, again, I think he tells him you had three chances to pay the price or something. I think, yeah. And I your think price so. is Would about to come? He tells him something like that. Your price is about to come or something? Yep. And he's like, what does that mean? He's like, what does that mean? What are you doing to me? <laughs> and then that, I think, do we, do, what do we go to after this? So I think I have next here is when the price comes to be paid with Memphis at work. Oh, we go to, okay, yeah. Because the cuz okay, so let's let's cut it up because I know uh Billy's at home like moaning and groaning in, in the bed, right, and sweating real bad and like kind of like writhing in pain and everything. Yeah, and then uh Jenny's there like knitting with I guess those are the needles, the same needles, though, right? Knitting needles. She might be them. right. Like, I didn't even put that together. So wait a think... minute. Wait a minute. Is she doing something here? Is she making? I think she must be. Cause there. Wait a minute. Cause there's a moment. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait. I didn't even realize this till right now. Wait a minute. Whatever she's making, there's a moment where she cuts a string, and it falls, but then at the same time where Memphis is at work. Yes. Something's like coming overhead and cut. it breaks and falls on him or almost falls on. Yes. Him. Did she do that? I don't even know if she so. did that. She's I think using so. Jabos or Shango's needles. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even put that together, man. Wow. No, like as you were saying, I remember like when you said about cutting the rope. I remember that that happens, and then he falls, and then we actually get that cool scene where now Shango like hops down oh, and is like yeah. standing above him, like crouching and like help me, help kind me, of just, help me. 
And yeah. you're just looking at him. <laughs> but it's even creepier is that when they like cut like back a bit and those people are trying to help him, like he's gone. And I was like, that's yeah, like that's like cool he's grabbing Shango's arm, pulling him up, but then like they cut to us a regular guy helping him up, not him. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, Where'd he go? Where'd he go? And everybody's looking at him like are you drinking what are you or something, talking man? About? What's going on? Everybody, <laughs> nobody's concerned that this guy almost died. Everybody looks kind of like, uh, like you said earlier, back to work. Like they're kind of like, oh, he's crazy. Back to work. Right. It's like he just died. Can he get a five minute break here? To <laughs> right. Can we get a little bit something for him? Yeah, I mean, let's 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 at least give him some water or something. God, he's sweating. He's sweating profusely right here too, Memphis. Yeah, he. <laughs> maybe he's I just mean, a I probably sweater. would be too if I was hanging over this like edge. But it's like uh, maybe it was really hot outside. He's just a heavy sweater. Because <laughs> his fro and everything is just drenched. <laughs> I believe it. So I'm like, oh my god. But yeah, but I think it's cool. I think he does the third. Doesn't he do the third finger at this point when he's hanging off the side? I believe so. And then like, so I'm like, okay. But yeah, when he gets out, he's so he runs home after this, and then um, this when uh, I guess she's already died. We don't see her die. We just see um, right. We don't even see the baby. I'm I'm assuming there was a baby. We don't hear crying yeah, or anything. We just see her holding. Because all we get to baby. see, yeah, because all we get to see here is um, it's a very fuzzy focus of Femi talking to her and saying that they're gonna go. Oh, before she dies, yes. They're gonna yeah. go to Naptown. I was yeah, like, Naptown. I thought that was weird. Yeah, I was like, like going to sleep forever. Like, is that what he's alluding to, or is that something that was mentioned earlier? I kept thinking, like, is that something mentioned earlier? I don't know. Right. But yeah, I guess. And something that would creep me out about this scene, like, really creep me out, is when I was mm -hmm. a kid. My mom used to always tell me, if anybody you knew from your life ever dies, and then they come yeah. to you in a dream and tell you to go with them, she used to always tell me never go with them. And I don't know wow. if that's like an urban legend thing or what that you can if you go with somebody in your in your dream you'll die or something. I don't know, hmm. but that freaked me out because that, that brought that right back to the front of my mind because I was like, she's telling her to go with him to yeah. nap, and I'm like, my mom said if somebody tells you you shouldn't go. <laughs> that's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, why? Why would you go? But she wanted <laughs> to go with him because she wanted to be with him. Because I think at one point she and says, I mean, "What about the baby?" And he's kind of like, oh, the baby will right. be okay. Well, it's kind of interesting, though, because, like, everything that we've talked about, like, as I'm thinking about it now, like, I'm assuming Memphis actually survives, which is kind of interesting, but the sacrifice here would be uh, Billy. Yeah. And that's killed. what completed. And not only that, but then she kind of got sacrificed so she could get what she wanted to go with Femi. And then Shango and Jenny get what they want here. Yeah, and that's the part here, as we get to the end here, where I guess yep. they wrap it up, but not really, because, like, I've, this is it literally just, you know, he comes home, uh, Memphis comes home, and she's already dressed right. in, like, uh, African garb, and yep. she's got the, I don't think it's really a baby in there. <laughs> Surprise, everybody. I don't think there was really a Probably baby. Probably not, there. yeah. But she's got a bundle of some kind of, that, that's supposed to be a baby, and she just, yep. It's like she went dancing with Femi, and Memphis is like, what? And then she just goes outside and closes the door, and yep. <laughs> he's looking like a pimp daddy over here. Shango's just waiting for her <laughs> with some fresh, some fresh tight white pants on, and it's just dashiki. He's ready. And he's That's got his... Good. He looks at her, and she makes a, a face at him like, you got your wife and your daughter back, or your wife and your baby yep. back. Let's go. And I guess they're going to 
Is he a superhero still? Do they have, does he still have powers? Can he still be semi-psychic? Is he going to guide them? I don't know. I don't know where they're going to walk off I feel like he here. must be. Is the baby going to be a special baby? I don't know. I almost feel like it might be, too. Like, that doesn't. that's kind of my problem a lot with this movie is that there are a lot of things, I think, just a little bit, and you could flesh it out a bit more. Mm-hmm. But I almost feel like that is the case. Yeah, something like... See, there's so many things that we're just talking about it that's kind of making me... Um, See that they were there was probably something they wanted to do, and maybe they just got lost in the sauce somewhere. <laughs> Could be because there's a lot of things here that maybe like there was like maybe a written explanation for how we got to that point. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. they just didn't include it because it, it feels like there's a backstory here with some of these some things going on that we just don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. So okay, but that's the ending, man. We get credits as they walk off into the sunset. Yes, we and I, I have no idea what would have happened if there was ever a sequel to this. I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the son of Shango? I don't know. Ooh. I'm surprised that was never made. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I guess I guess we can jump into the reviews of this, man, unless you have anything else you want to cover here at the end. No, I think we kind of went through everything on my notes and everything, so I think I'm good to go for like, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I think you did it first last time, right? I'm pretty sure. I so. don't remember. I feel like you did I, it last you, time, so I'll, I'll jump first. Okay, so then I'll let you go ahead first this time. Alrighty. Okay, so I actually thought the acting in this movie was actually pretty good. I think Yeah. Billy, maybe I didn't care for as much, but I feel like yeah. uh, our main two actors, uh, Lawrence Cook and uh, Marlene Clark, I think they did pretty good in what they what they bring for mm-hmm. Marlene Cook, I think she still the show as the best actor. Cause she goes 100%. above and beyond, but in everything I see, she's got a lot of charisma and a lot of energy. So I always like her in movies, but, uh, I think I'm actually, man, I'm going to surprise you here, man. I'm going to actually give the acting a four in this movie because okay. I really do think for, I guess because for this kind of movie, what I thought I was going to get when I saw it, I think I expected it to be a lot more, uh, over the top playful acting and not so it felt more thoughtful, I guess. Yeah. So I, I guess I was kind of taken aback by how thoughtful the performances were. So okay. I'm gonna give it a four. And that's I think I don't okay. usually give it a four that often. So enjoy that's it, everybody. When you're hearing this four, enjoy it. <laughs> um, I mean, without just like repeating everything you said, like I mean, I'm actually not too far off from you. I do think our two leads are really good, and I mean, it's kind of funny. Is for I, I mean, Clark is great. Like I've. She's an actress that, like, I would be willing to watch her in more things, and, like, I'd be willing to kind of go back through her filmography just because she is so intense. I think she does so well there. And, I mean, I'm actually with you, though, as well, is that at first, if you would have told me in the beginning that Cook was going to be as good as he was, as it goes on, he really just kind of grows on me and how well he does things. But, I mean, like I said, not too far off from you. I actually came in with a 3.5 for the acting. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, we're pretty much on the same page on that one. I'm just a little bit, I'm a little bit higher up, but, but yeah, her, she's, I like her and I like her in almost everything I've seen her in. Like, so I'm, I'm always down for her movies <laughs> pretty much. Agreed. Okay. So let's go cinematography. Look at the film. Um, yeah. on this one, I'm actually going to be, I'm, I'm going to, I want to say a four again, but I think I'm going to be, um, I, I struggle with this cause I really want to say a four Yeah. because I really did like the way they shot the film. But at times, 
I struggle. I I I'll struggle with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a four, man. I'm gonna go ahead and give him a four. The reason why, uh, mostly, is probably because I like some of the the artistic choices they made. Uh, yeah. I thought the opening scene choice was really cool, the way they shot that with the guy running and kind of everybody mm-hmm. coming out to the church. Uh, I really liked, I liked that Abby scene, man. I thought, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was cool. <laughs> I liked, I liked, I liked a lot of ways that they shot some of the scenes. The rituals, yeah. I like how they kind of did that with the face, like the transitions where you see uh, Femi and you don't like, for, the, for this older of a movie, I think they were kind of forward thinking in some of the stuff they were doing. And again, I said this again, like artistic kind of. So, I, I think I'm gonna go with a four. It could really be a three point five, and I want to give it a three point five, but I'm I struggle with that because every time I watched it, I kept thinking it could be a four, but it could be a three. So I'm gonna say four. I'm just gonna give it to him. It's kind of funny. Is I'm right there in the same ballpark as you are. Is that I think the movie is shot well. I don't really have any issues. I don't think they do anything like too over the top with it, but they do have some artistic choices that I do like. There's not a whole lot in the way of effects. I do like what you said though about like the statue and how like at one point it's like Femi's face and then it's gone and everything like that. So like I mean, I actually came in on the lower end, but I'm at a 3.5 again is that I thought that this part of it was, you know, pretty solid again. Okay. Yeah, so we're pretty similar on those. Uh, now, this one, I know we usually separate on the music sometimes. <laughs> so, let's talk yeah. about that. Uh, I didn't really dislike the music, but I didn't really... Mm-hmm. I mean, the only song in this movie that really stuck out to me was that sex scene song. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> in another movie, I think that song would be perfect. In this movie, it just didn't fit. So, for the music, yeah. nothing really... I mean, it, it all felt generic, I guess, for me. It felt... But the yeah. church, the church songs didn't, and the religious, uh, hint, or we call them hymns, chant yeah. chants maybe, the hymns? yeah, maybe like the chants, more like for the, uh, for the the Yoruba Yoruba people, like their yeah. their chants they were doing or all that stuff. I felt like all that stuff was really good and well done. So I'm gonna yeah. give them probably a three because the other music okay. I really wasn't super into, but I do okay. think it's cool that they got because if it, it sounded really authentic, the uh, chants. And then I did, I did also like, because uh, when I was younger, I used to go to church a lot. So the church choir and stuff, all that stuff sounded was, was pretty authentic and felt. And I did mention um, the preacher's voice. <laughs> I got to, I got to give him yeah. credit for that too. So I'm going to be at a 3.0 on my uh, music. Okay. Now I am a little bit higher, like you were going to say, is that um, for me, the drums is what really got me just because like it's so like anxiety inducing and it kind of just gets me like ramped up and everything like that so i ended up coming in with a four but i also agreed with you though is like the choir music for the church and stuff i thought that was fitting the only reason i couldn't go like the full five on this one is like you said the sex scene song was kind of just like out there and it does get a bit repetitive with the music so i still wanted to give them credit because of how it does make me feel at times so that's why i was coming in with the four man you know what you're gonna you're gonna make me have to change my man i'm gonna i'm gonna go 3.5 because <laughs> yeah that the way they the way they use that drums and they had like there's a couple scenes where they cut back and forth between i i, I didn't even really think I, I added the preacher's voice and the drums and that gave me that point five so okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm gonna switch mine to 3.5. Everybody listening at home, <laughs> taking score. Uh, that's I don't know if I ever done that before, but I'm gonna do it. Cause yeah, you brought up that and that 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 the way they do that is really cool. I love when movies use yeah. uh, the soundtrack. 
And they kind of, it almost makes it more diegetic because they're actually doing it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of cool. Agreed. It's kind of cool how they do this. Yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to give them that. So Okay. So where are we at now? Let's, let's uh, plot story. Yes. I actually think this is a cool story. Uh, from the drama point of it, like a, a daughter gets pregnant by her, uh, uh, I guess, boyfriend. They weren't married or anything. So I guess boyfriend of her husband. That's yep. that's a, a crazy story by itself. And then you add in all the religious stuff. And not to mention, we start out with her boyfriend being killed by him, <laughs> the guy she's yep. going to be forced to marry, and like people at a, at a church in front of everybody. So, so I think the story is interesting. There are a lot of things that they didn't, really 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 you know give us the answers to and there's things they yeah, could have flushed out a lot better but in general i mean maybe they got a little ambitious is what they were trying to do maybe but yeah. i think they did a good job and i'm gonna give the story a four because i think it was okay. pretty good except for a few things i didn't understand and we talking with you about it i think i got a better understanding of things and just from listening to your perspective versus mine and and things you were catching that i didn't catch so I that kind of, I was at a three point five, but that kind of bumped me up our conversation today. It's actually kind of interesting. Is when I first was like doing my scoring before we started talking, is I had a three here, but as we started to kind of flesh some of the things out, I actually was coming up more on the story because I'm like, okay, there's actually more to the story than I was realizing. I still think that there are some things because. I think we are making kind of leaps in logic that aren't necessarily there. I think you have evidence, but we're not getting fully that from the movie itself. So for me, I came in just slightly once again under you is that I came in with a 3.5 after we talked because I do think there are some, I think the story's great. I just think there's missing elements that I kind of want to have there to kind of flesh everything out, but I'm still interested in what they did here. And I mean, I really enjoyed the ideas. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, I, like we were talking about it earlier, man. Like this, this will be a good movie to come back and and remake and yes. revisit and actually make some choices in certain directions. And because, like you said, we're kind of just kind of speculating and taking drops, you know, jumps in logic based on what they gave us. But I mean, they could really somebody could make a decision and say this is what I think and make it. And you know, because really sometimes we wouldn't man, even. What did you say? I was going to say, you don't even need to do that much to the story either. Like, you can just do minor things and just add, like, minor elements here and there. And I think you end up deepening the story with just a few connecting of the dots here and there. Yeah, and just make sure you get somebody to be a, a powerful genie. <laughs> you need <laughs> right. somebody that has that charisma and that energy and vibe of uh, Marlene Clark. I, I, You know what? Like, it's so cool. That's why I love watching old movies. Because you meet actors, because there's some actors like her, like, I've seen her in stuff when she yeah. got older, like TV shows, uh-huh. as just like the kind of cute older teacher or whatever. Because she's got some TV show stuff going on, I remember. Okay. But yeah, it's like you get to see these actresses and actors that may not have been in so much stuff when you were like older, but they had a story career like before you were born. So it's like you get to... Yeah. See about them and see who they are and what they could do. It's, it's a yeah. lot of great talent that's been around. Agreed. You know? And he's, a lot of people don't even know who these people are. 100% agree. So meet Marlene Clark. She's somebody you should look up and check out because I think she she picked some, some kind of different kind of movies, I think. So I wonder if that was all by her choice or people she knew or if that's just the kind of movie she wanted. She wanted those kind of movies. I don't know. 
It does make me wonder, yeah. Because think about this one, Ganja and Hess, like, she's doing some, at this time, for sure, like, some kind of off-the-wall kind of movies. Nothing, like, down the traditional path. <laughs> she's never, like, a pimp prostitute or anything in most of these movies, or nothing like that, you know? That's fair. Nobody's a pimp in this movie. <laughs> so, it's, I don't know if it's black exploitation. <laughs> I keep coming back to that. You got to at least have one pimp. For black, I, I, I tried to come up with that. And I couldn't get a good scale because I said, "What, what makes a black exploitation? Like, what tropes have to be present?" Yeah. And I always would come up with that, like, "There's got to be a club somewhere. Somebody's got to be a club scenes, and some kind of music playing. It's got to be a pimp somewhere. There's got to be the man trying to do something to somebody, and they're getting revenge on him. And then some kind of weird plot, either to get revenge on the man or to rob something, or to do something with drugs. It's got to have those elements." <laughs> I mean, it's funny because, like, as you're saying that, I'm going through the ones that I've watched in the last few years, and I'm like, man, he's right. Like, literally, like, thinking about some of these movies, like, yeah, I got, I think out. it got really for, uh, formulaic after a while. They knew exactly what oh, things yeah. they had to put and just put these things together. It doesn't matter if the story sucks. Just, just put well, these I mean, things together. I don't want to speak watch ill of the dead, but, like, Larry Clark was very successful at making black exploitation films, but I also think he was very successful because he was good with the formula. Yeah, he knew exactly what you needed to make it successful. Successful, so right. Yeah, for sure. But okay, oh, oh wait a minute, I didn't do my experience, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so experience on this film. Back into the review portion, everybody listening. Uh, okay, so I think I I'm gonna be at about a four on my experience. Okay. Um, it probably could have been actually. Maybe a little higher if I got a, maybe a four point five. I got some more answers that I didn't get, yeah. but I think four. I'm I'm pretty happy with because I think this movie was different than what I expected, especially on my initial watching of it. And then when yeah. I rewatched it again, there were a lot of things I caught onto uh, yeah. that I didn't catch the first time, which made the story feel a little bit better. And then us talking about it here today, uh, also some other points. So. Uh, it made my experience a little bit better, actually, because some of the stuff, it felt more intentional, but at the same time, there are some vague things that aren't explained. But some of the story elements feel like there was probably some some connective tissue there that they just didn't completely explore. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I, liked, I liked the intensity of some of this, especially the opening scene was great. Um, I like, I like, I don't know, I just, I just really was into it. I like... I really like the church scene where she comes in, where she's looking for uh, Memphis. I like that whole sequence. I like, um, there's 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 a lot of things I like in it. So that's why I'm going to give it a four. It's something you don't, it's the kind of movie you probably wouldn't expect. And from back then, I felt like the directing was solid. The acting was good. Uh, camera work was decent. And the subject matter was actually something that that is a, uh, a product of debate between people about religion and which one is better and yeah. what you should follow and what you shouldn't do. So I won't be at a four. Okay. Solid four. It's actually kind of funny is I'm coming in slightly lower, but I've only had, I only watched it once, but this is one I'm actually really excited to revisit, especially now that we've talked about it. So I can kind of pick things out. So I feel like for this, my experience is only going to go up with like subsequent viewings because this will be one that I definitely will go back to. But I mean, this is actually tackling like one of my favorite kind of subject matter is like religion versus like paganism and everything. Mm -hmm. And I like how this one is 
usually you would see like Christianity being the like positive thing, but actually kind of turning it as like the villain. But I, for, after this first viewing, though, I'm sitting at a three point five. But I guarantee, I my scores are probably all gonna come up after I watch this movie like again. Oh uh, yeah, I, that's what I felt like. Cause I felt like watching it again, you 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 catch things you didn't catch, and um, right. I feel like even after talking to you, like if I were to watch it again now, I might catch something else I didn't catch. One hundred percent. That's after we've talked about it. Like I'm excited to at some point to revisit it just because of the things we talked about. I can actually like look at it and be like, okay, yes, or like, oh, maybe not this, but it's more of this. So like. There's something more to dive into now that we've talked. Yeah, and I mean, and this movie jumps right into it, so <laughs> it doesn't give you a lot of time to process what's happening. Yeah. You just jumped right into the action, so yeah, man. Okay, so um, I'm gonna go ahead and let me see where my total. I'm gonna get the totals on here. Okay. Okay, hold on. Let me pull up my. I'm gonna have to adjust my total now because I changed my <laughs> <laughs> changed my thing a little bit here. Okay, so actually, man, I'm kind of surprised. And uh, at my at my total here because I didn't expect it to be this high, but I'm actually gonna be around like about a 75 on this man, 75, okay. 78 percent. And I, I, you know what? Just it's not just because this is an older movie, or maybe it is, and I went into it not expecting much. I don't know, but I just really did enjoy kind of what they were trying to do here, and I think just for it being an older movie, I think that's why. I'm, I feel like I'm giving it more credit than I should just because it's what it's doing as an older movie versus, you know what I'm saying? That's what I feel oh, like, like I almost, mean. but I don't know. Like, It's like, oh, I didn't expect the older movie to do this. Here's an extra, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know. No, that's, but that's yeah, how it no, feels I get almost. what you're saying. Yeah, that's how it feels almost, but I think I'm going to be at a 75 on this movie. I think that's where I'm going to be at. And so I, I mean, just to make you feel better about it is my favorite era of like cinema is the 1970s. Mm-hmm. So like much like my scores is that I'm slightly below you is that I'm probably coming in around like a 70%. That's only because I've watched it once. Now that we've had all these conversations and everything that we've talked about here, I, like I said, I would not be surprised if my score goes up from here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I, I know I could definitely, uh, also for the recommends, I could definitely recommend it. Uh, it's probably yeah. not going to be for everybody, as we usually say, because <laughs> I don't know if you're average, average, average person. I mean, they might be able to connect and get in with the drama aspect of it, because uh, Marlene Clark brings a lot of intensity, so they may be able to, to upgrade, you know, reach out to her character and grab onto it. I don't know, but I think your average person probably wouldn't want to watch an older movie, just in general. <laughs> so it would be harder to get them to probably sit for something like this, especially if they're have strong Christian beliefs, maybe they, they might not want to see the Christian church yeah. portrayed that way. I that's don't know. a good point. It's I would also say if you're a fan of like Ganja and Hess and you want to see a movie that's a little bit more grounded yes. and a little less like art house and confusing in that respect, I would say that this would probably be a movie for you then. Yeah, it's it's, it's similar. Now, I was trying to think of other movies similar to this in the same vein of this and but I couldn't really put them because the only movies that come to mind with this kind of subject matter would be like mm-hmm. maybe Angel Heart, maybe Serpent and yeah. the Rainbow, maybe I said Sugar Hill kind of. But they're all different in kind of how they tackle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tackle the, uh, no, the I... actual religious aspect of what they're doing. But they do all show sacrifices. And I know like, um, but I'm never clear in Angel Heart what... Uh, 
Lisa Bonet's a priestess of either, so I don't know what that religion was. Yeah, that's a movie I've seen it twice, and I'm still kind of like. But it's fuzzy a similar that, like, sacrificial one because I remember they're doing sacrifices, yeah. chicken blood all over, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Serpent and the Rainbow? Are you familiar with that? I haven't seen it. That's one of the weird blind spots from Wes Craven. Yeah, that's actually one movie I think that's one of his better movies. And um, it's actually, it's got a pretty decent story. I think the story's actually pretty good on it. Um, I don't know if it's shot that great, but there's some cool shots in it. <laughs> no, that's definitely one that like I'm mad at myself that I haven't watched, but I will watch it at some point for sure. But it's kind of more closer to this as voodoo being used against people. Okay. Like people using that power to, against other people. It's kind of right more in that vein. So that's why I was saying it was kind of similar to this. But the stories, how they do it isn't the same. But just as far as somebody using some kind of supernatural religious element to get revenge type thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I would definitely recommend it. Uh, if we're doing, you know, black exploitation and it's uh, Black History Month, I would definitely recommend it as a, a movie that you've probably never heard of, but you should check out. If you are, are looking for some of those uh, titles and black exploitation that you've never heard of and were scared to check out just because you thought it might not be that good, this is yep, one to I check out for sure. All right, man. Well, uh, I think did you give me your recommends? Hold on. <laughs> I think um, you did. I, I mean, I really think you kind of went through the ones that I would kind of say with it. Is I was racking my brain like, I mean, the only other thing because a lot of the things I would also think about. I guess shocker <laughs> end up being like voodoo zombie movies, and those don't fit with this type of movie. Is shocker this because kind of, of movie? like <laughs> <laughs> it's voodoo. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> sorry. I, I was looking at Wes Craven's filmography. Here. Sorry, sorry about that. I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. Keep no, going. no, you're good. Um, yeah, I think you really kind of hit on the ones that would be the best type of movie that would be. This one's so different from a lot of those, and it's kind of hard to kind of match up something story-wise. Yeah, it's hard to put a finger on it. So I, yeah. I think that's that kind of adds to it, though. It makes it Agreed. interesting because it's not... It's a different version of a story kind of we've heard, but it's a different version of it. Right. It's revenge and religious, you know, problems and going against stuff, but it's, it's told in a different way and different perspective. Okay, so uh, anything else you want to cover, man? Because I think... We're coming to the end of this show for today. Um, I don't really think there's anything else that I needed to go over. Anything you got coming up, uh, Journey with a Cinefile-wise? Um, well, uh, just kind of thinking about it here is I am doing my last Black Appreciation episode will be coming out the... it'll probably, Well, it's actually coming out to... Uh, no, it's actually going to be coming out next week. It'll be the last Monday of February, and then I'll be getting into my um, like Centennial Club stuff, and then start doing my Truck of the Twos type thing, where I'll be you know matching up two movies that are from like one being from the past, and then one that's a 2022 film, and just be kind of you know working my way through those lists that I've kind of compiled there. So for those listening at home that haven't uh, got on on Journey with a Cinephile yet, shame on you for not already subscribing to them but if you haven't yet uh is there anything any movies you've covered this month that kind of stick out to you or anything just just to give them a preview uh, <laughs> of something um no actually now that i'm thinking about it um jamie and i actually have a bonus episode coming out as well that'll be 
coming out. It'll be out already by the time that this episode drops. Um, but other than that, I'm trying to think of some of the movies that... What What'd I, you guys cover? Um, we were actually doing the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre because she never saw it. And then we watched the new one. And oh, wow. so those are the two okay. movies we're covering over on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to check that out here uh, in the next couple of days. That new one. Let's okay. see what it's about. You'll have to let me know what you think about it is. I think there's some good elements. I had some issues with it as well. And for like movies that I've been covering this month, I've had, unfortunately ran into kind of some duds. Because I actually, the first one that I did was Killjoy from 2000, that killer clown movie. And I was shocked about how, like, that was one that I always saw in the video store. Yeah, I've and seen, never I've seen the cover for it, but I've never seen even a trailer for it. Yeah, it's not very good, and the cover was one that always kind of like freaked me out, and I was like, why well, never take this home? And I watched it, I was like, that's probably why I never took it home. So that was one of those, I mean, there used to be a time where cover art, boy, they had some great cover yeah. art, some crappy movies, Yes, boy. they did. And I've seen them all, I think. Because <laughs> the cover was great, man. You're like, you know what, I'll, I'll roll the dice. Because this is a cool cover. <laughs> I did have a weird Mandela effect because I thought that movie was older than what it was. And then when I actually watched it, I was Who's like, this movie it? came Who's out the in star 2000. Of that movie? Anybody of note? There's a bunch of nobodies. The only thing I can tell you is that Charles Band is an executive producer, oh, but really? it's not Full Moon at the time. Like, it was not a Full Moon movie. I know they end up doing the sequels. So is it like just a pre, pre before you even got all that started or um, no, they Full Moon was already in full effect, but for some reason that movie isn't a Full Moon production, but he um, did the, uh, he just executive produced it, hmm. and I think for some reason the sequels fall under the Full Moon banner. I don't hmm. know how that kind of worked. After that favor then, <laughs> now you're under my banner. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me sequel rights and then <laughs> I'll let you be. That's and all after I need. that, then I'll, be, then I'll have it. <laughs> okay. Which is odd though because I've heard the sequels are actually much better than the original. Well, I mean, I guess relatively speaking, but I guess the sequels are actually better. Well, you never know. A little, a little more love and care. You never know what could happen. <laughs> exactly. Well, we learned that in an episode not too long ago in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Both of the sequels yeah. after the one we we watched were better than the one we watched. Did yeah. you watch? Did you ever watch the last one, Toy Maker? Or? I haven't yet. I'm okay. going to end up watching it. I'm either going to just watch it. I mean, I might actually watch it in like July as like a Christmas in July type thing, or I might end up just waiting until Christmas rolls around again and watch it then. Yeah, man. You never like. I want to. It's movies I want to check out, and then there's stuff I'm like. But this, I think for this week, if we talk about Check This Chainsaw Massacre. I think I'm gonna watch it, and then whenever your review, and then when y'all's review drop, I'll listen to it. I love when you guys okay. do the um, the the original and the new release version of movies. That's it's always, and I like her not having seen them. I like hearing right. her reaction to it as well. Yeah, I know we're we're working on doing that soon it just so happened with this like uh like sequel coming out and she said she had never seen the original i was like all right well you're gonna watch this classic then because so is but she, we do have what's that i was gonna say so is she somebody that hadn't watched a lot of old movies yeah she's not overly big on them but like she got me this imdb poster and so like we're kind of working our way through like the top 100 there and then, um, yeah, we're also, I'm trying to get her to watch more of, like, the older classic horror movies as well. Gotcha. See, I met a, I met a lady I'm going to be working with here uh, now, and she's she's kind of like that, because I was trying to, mm-hmm. she wants to make movies, 
But when I talk to her about movies, she doesn't know any older movies. So I'm like, you never heard of this movie? You never heard of this movie? And you know we're talking about movies all the time. So it's like, (laughs) I'm always bringing up movies and she's always never getting the reference because she hasn't seen all these old movies. I'm like, we're going to have to change that. I'm going to have to give you a list of movies to watch. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what we run into. Yeah. But okay, man. um, Anything else you want to cover, man? We can go ahead and close it out. Nope, I don't think so. Um, Yeah. I would just say then... If you want to find my shows that he was referring to, they are pretty much, I think, everywhere that you... I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, it'd be the same exact, like, feed will have those shows on it as well, so any type of podcasting apps. And I'd also say is you need to check out things that Jake is doing, and I'll let you kind of, you know, say what you have coming up and everything like that, but he does some great stuff as well. Okay, um, you can always check me out on uh, anything Dark Mariachi Studios. You can search me, you can Google Dark Mariachi Studios, and you get my IG or my Facebook uh, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, I always got videos and different things happening. Uh, I think the only thing I got really uh, new coming, I did a live event with a lot of different uh, performers. So I'm going to be dropping that on my YouTube because I made a, a deal with the guy where he kept the promo footage and I got to keep the <laughs> performance footage. So I'm going to use that performance footage to put it on my page. So all if you're right. into live local performances, you're going to have that available to you. If you're listening in Dallas, you might see somebody you know. Very cool. But all right, man. That's all I got. Uh, We can go ahead and wrap it up. All right. Sounds good to me then. Well, this is David Garrett Jr. from Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast, and I am signing off. And it's your main man, Jake, and I appreciate everybody for listening, and don't forget, be one of us. Come on a journey with a cinephile. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are... Tonight's entertainment. SideQuest. I don't think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum. But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating. SideQuest. Make some of this Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes that is better. I'm sick fucks using one too many no. Don't you blame the movie! SideQuest. I said I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Okay. Show me. SideQuest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. SideQuest.